This is going to be a new record for the show for talking about the movie within the first like 30 seconds of the podcast. Are you ready? Oh, wow. Okay. I know. I was thinking about how this movie starts off with uh-huh. Arnie as a helicopter cop. And uh-huh. it really struck me how insane it is that we haven't had a movie about a helicopter cop called Helicoptor. You can't spell helicopter without cop. Right? <laughs> Helicoptor? Helicoptor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, all right, uh, here's the pitch. So he was a helicopter cop who crashed and died. But somehow the circuits fused with his brain, and now Ooh. he's helicopter. <laughs> he is like a sentient cop helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Sounds yeah. great. And he's yeah. hella awesome, obviously. Oh, of course. He's rad as hell, like Airwolf. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what if he was also, before he got fused with the helicopter, what if he was also a velociraptor cop? <laughs> so he's a helicopter. Initially, he was just a coptor. Uh, cop Velociraptor, uh-huh. and now he's a helicopter. <laughs> All right. What if before he was a cop? Trademark Veloc- Den Lovely. This is awesome. <laughs> what if before he was a cop Velociraptor, he's a cop Velocipastor? Oh yeah, dude. This is where his career goes. Yeah, he leaves the clergy, becomes a cop, becomes right. a helicopter. You know right. how it goes. Tail is all his time. Also, a where Velociraptor. <laughs> There's so many people that are going to be watching this and connecting with it because they're like, this is like me. This is about me. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I I feel that because I also sometimes wake up as a velociraptor and then get a job as a cop after leaving the (laughs) clergy. Who hasn't? (laughs) Who Who among us hasn't, right? Sounds great. Man. Movie pitches just coming at you left and right here on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, your absolute favorite podcast. Here with the host of the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Ooh, and me, your recently birthday boyed buddy, Hollywood Steve. Ooh, you still rocking that birthday suit over there, Mr. President? <laughs> I kind of am. Just real quick so everyone knows, here in Portland... <laughs> You're Hollywood yesterday, steam. That's right. Yesterday <laughs> it was 105 degrees. Today it is 103. Um, God damn. And I, I could not record in my studio, which is in the garage, because there's no AC out there. So now I am, I am standing in my living room, but also it's still too hot, even with the AC going. So too I'm standing hot, in my living too room... Hot. Coolio style, standing here uh, in my underwear, and it's still too hot. I'm sweating my ass off. So this this is going to be a sweaty episode. Man, look at you, dude. You thought you'd get away from that sweet southern heat by moving up to Yankee land up there on the upper west side of the (laughs) map. And here you are just steaming it up, man. Look at you. It is fucking hot, buddy. Now, you mentioned a second ago that you have just apparently happened to be in several different towns when they had their highest recorded temperatures ever correct yeah that's weird i i was in knoxville in 2012 when they had their highest ever recorded temperature i -hmm. was uh i was in la at one point when they had the highest recorded temperature but that has since been beaten and now i uh they had their highest recorded temperature here actually in 2019 so i have not experienced that here yet but i've experienced one of the highs hooray hmm what's the common factors of all three of those steve what do all three of those things share sounds a lot like you being there you're causing global warming you are canceled 
Jesus Christ. Is that possible? You said it. I mean, you fucking, you just confirmed it. I mean, you Well, confessed. okay, now hold on. All right. So, let's say, uh, previous to my birth in the year of our Lord, Satan, 1981, mm-hmm, yes. uh, was there any any global warming going on? Can you, oh, anybody remember? No, I don't seem to there recall must any. Not have been. That's not Mm-mm. a been, so I must be doing it. Might be you, man. Lay Shit. off it, Heat Miser. Cool off, huh? Hey, hothead. <laughs> <laughs> cool off. <laughs> well, good luck with your extremely elaborate uh, no clothes, no problem recording setup over there. Meanwhile, I'm just over here chilling like a villain in East Tennessee, enjoying a, I don't know, somewhat, somewhat steamy summer day, but it's not as bad as it has been since you moved away. Look what happened. Your first summer away from here, it's not been that bad. We're wow. seeing the connections, dude. Holy shit. I, I mean, listen, yeah. I accept my blame in this, and I'm not really sure how we fix it, but uh, get the scientists on it. You know, have them over here. I guess uh, they can take my temperature or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm no, doing. I don't know. Yeah. It's easy. You're just on the first ship aboard the the SS Musk to fly and live on Mars, which you're going to do. It's already That's hot there me. anyway. That's me. You know me. Uh, Elon Musk's number one fan. Your guy. Uh, <laughs> he's my dude. I can't it's wait guy. to mm-hmm. jump on a, an untested rocket ship to go to a planet that has literally no atmosphere to, I guess, try to... F- create a planet with an atmosphere instead of fixing Ooh, the one get, we got get here out to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> right? okay now you got me though now <laughs> See, i've got you if, if arnold says get your ass to mars i guess i gotta yeah what are you gonna say no no i'm staying my ass to not mars of course you're not <laughs> i'm staying my ass to not, not mars. To mars yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. that's right mm-hmm. that's right man oh by the way speaking of arnie we're doing an arnie movie today on the show if you want oh, to get we? straight to when we talk about it there's a, a timestamp for you in the podcast sure description. Is, yeah. we already technically talked about it though so yeah yeah, yeah no you've heard about it a little bit so i guess technically yeah. you you're know, in episode over or oh, wait no you're in yeah yeah we've got your hook line and sinker now you're like oh they were talking about the movie as soon as they started I'll stick around, you're saying to yourself, and you're goddamn right you will. Kick off your socks and shoes. Stay a minute. Yeah. I also don't have socks and shoes on, in case anybody was wondering. Wow. I've got no <laughs> socks and some Adidas slides on. Ooh, it's what feet love. I love that slippy is. slide. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. Go go into the it's shower at the at the, the, the local YMCA in your Adidas slides. Cool dude the out there. Well, I mean, you can't go in there barefoot. You don't want to get fucking fungus and shit. No, you don't want that, man. You don't want none of that stuff. Damn, man. Well, man, it sounds like you've had a steamy week over there in Portland. Mm -hmm. I've had a a pretty good week myself, man. You and and, uh, my wife are birthday neighbors, of course. Uh We are. So you had a birthday. She Uh had a birthday. We did. I'm willing to bet that you maybe had a more fun birthday than my wife, though. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. I definitely did. Yeah. She, like, covets birthdays more than any other day Uh of the year. Literally, man. She would just fucking put a gun to the head of Christmas and pull the trigger before (laughs) she give up a birthday. She loves a birthday. And, like, we had this, like, staycation kind of thing planned last week. I mentioned that on the show. Uh, You did. 
man, and we were just like planning on watching a bunch of movies, going to theaters, just like eating food, laying around, smoking weed all day and stuff. And she ended up with like a ton of unexpected work stuff just fall in her lap that had to be done and only she could do it. She had a three-day-long migraine. Jesus. Um, her, her favorite uncle died. Oh, no. <laughs> and then they scheduled the funeral for the day of her birthday. <laughs> Fuck. It was, it was rough, man. It was rough. I tried to do everything that I could to, to patch things up, but there's a certain yeah. level of momentum where you're just like, we on this train, girl. This yeah. is just where it is. You <laughs> there's know? not much you can do at this point. How, how, are, you, are you like planning maybe a makeup birthday or something? Yeah, maybe. We were kind of yeah. looking at the calendar as far as like when we could maybe do like an actual staycation kind of thing. Right. Maybe sometime in September or something just cool. to lay back and chill before, you know, October and the holiday season and all that kind of stuff starts for us. So maybe we'll get a little do over time. But yeah, it was it was a rough one for the old girl. I feel for wow, her, man. I that feel sucks, for her. man. Well, yeah. uh, my, my, my condolences. Mine went great uh, in that we did almost nothing. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, we got uh, listen. Yeah, it's the thing, I'm telling right? You, it's the thing. Why would why would anybody want to celebrate the birthday? That's when all the trouble started. Looking back <laughs> on it, that's when all that the trouble is started. When it all started. I didn't have Oof. any troubles before then. I can't remember uh-huh. any of these. Yeah. You want to celebrate that thing? My God, put me back! Holy shit! You've given two good reasons I shouldn't have been born. <laughs> yeah, the global warming and all the trouble. Yeah. So happy birthday to me. Uh I uh, we got we got a pizza and hung out with a couple friends the night before my birthday and then uh night of my birthday we just uh had the old ice cream sundae. So really I, I kept it pretty chill. I just uh you know talked to my mom, uh messaged with people, etc. But didn't want to do anything. I, I felt uh I felt like best thing to do, just chill, watch some movies. Have pizza, relax. Cowabunga, dude. And it was. Fucking cowabungas, man. Uh-huh. Did you guys watch some good flicks this week? Oh, absolutely, man. We've been watching everything worth watching, I'll tell you that. Uh, we've been, uh, as I said, we watched Bill and Ted uh, a few weeks ago, and so we finally got yeah. back on that. Watched a Bill and Ted on a bogus journey. I, Ooh, bogus, buddy. I, I still, I, I, my, I maintain what I believed as a younger I think it's better than the first one. It's good, man. It's, it's a good. good. Yep. Uh, and we finished the Bill and Ted journey with uh, Bill and Ted facing some music. Still and haven't watched it yet, man. Still haven't watched it. I won't say too much. It's it's, it's relatively new, I guess. But um, eh. I I liked uh, the the daughters, Samara Weaving, and oh, fuck the Ooh, other actress's name I cannot remember, but she she was killing it. I yeah. liked them. I I definitely you know I, I liked some of the stuff they did some other stuff I got I got some issues with but I think that like I thought through it a lot and it seemed like it feels like they kind of tried to balance between doing a you know uh, uh, what do you call it a legacy sequel and yeah, doing yeah. A, a requel so you you know they didn't you know they they know that the audience is coming for Bill and Ted. So introducing the daughters uh, and having them do you know their their side adventure is interesting, but then they don't like follow up with it enough. Like I feel mm. like the daughters didn't get enough time. To me, 
even though I am there to see Bill and Ted, like I felt like they were the more compelling characters because you got Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, who they're old men by now. They're not being as silly as they were before, and it's not you know it's nothing. You can't really blame them. They do some silly shit. It is fun. Uh, no real. Uh, I, I definitely would say any Bill and Ted fan should watch it. It is made for Bill and Ted fans. But I, I just thought once they in, once you get Samara weaving in there, it's like give her more screen time, right? Sure, She's yeah. fucking great. Anyway. Absolutely. All right, yeah. all right. I still need so, to watch it. I'll check it out sometime. Yeah, check it out. It's definitely worth watching. Uh, uh, we also watched, uh, speaking of, of, of two uh, young men hanging out with each other and having to deal with stuff, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Fuck yeah, man. Damn it. That's always such a great watch. Still fun. It is. Yeah, we wanted to watch something that just uh, would be fun, and that immediately came to mind. So Tucker and Dale versus Evil, still fun. Still good. I uh, was still laughing my asses off, my ass off at the same moments. Definitely saw some new funny stuff in there, and boy, I, I really enjoy that movie. Um, yeah. We watched a movie called Unseen, which I think came out last year, maybe. Um, I don't know that one. Uh, premise is basically, and and we, I, I talked about another movie kind of like this earlier this year, but the premise is basically that somebody has to help a a blind person by uh, you know using the video uh, chat on the phone and then there's oh. like other horror stuff going on like they're you know. damn uh so yeah i liked it i enjoyed it i thought it was really good. yeah it, it is cool. it is also uh one, one of the one of the main actresses uh, uh, uh cutie who looked like our friend holly ford um the whole time i kept being like she looks like holly ford she looks so wow. much like holly ford um Anyway, yeah, so Unseen. Uh, also, we've uh, finished, or I guess not finished, because these movies will continue to come out, but we have caught up entirely on the Viewisk universe by right. watching Clerks 3, which, uh, man, had a whole lot of really funny shit front-loaded it in did. the beginning, and then a yes. whole lot of heart-wrenching shit in the end. Um, uh, yes, it did, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, it sure did. But it really kind of like Kevin Smith's career, honestly. Kinda, it's like a lot of yeah. funny stuff at first, and some really yeah brutal fucking tear jerking stuff at the end. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it though. I thought I thought it was fun. Um, yeah, it is, man. We also watched, uh, which I, I hadn't watched this in a while, Lord of Illusions. It is a dude. I've never seen that, man. You need to get it in your face it is is it clive barker it's clive barker yeah okay. you got uh you got old scott bacula as the the main character it's blue a, bacula blue <laughs> exactly uh, <laughs> um it's got some brutal fucking shit in it and so many like awesome uh practical effect visuals and stuff like i i really I recommend if you have not seen Lord of Illusions, go watch Lord of Illusions. Well worth Well, maybe I do. All right. Yeah. Uh, also, a movie. Uh, I don't know if anybody's heard of this one. This one's a little bitty one, but it is a... Deep cut. Blade Runner? Hmm. Yeah. He's like a guy yeah. who like runs with knives. You're not supposed to do that. See, and that's what I was, th- I was thinking. Oh, this uh. obscure movie nobody's ever heard about. It's going to be a guy running with knives and probably have like... You know, like hot hockey skates on because it's like foot knives. Mm, so he's running wow, on blades. Yeah. That would be a blade runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy running on some skates. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It wasn't about hockey at all. Oh. Weird. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Huh. How obscure. Who would know? 
Yeah. <laughs> Misleading title. Did not perform yeah. as advertised. Yeah. We Dude, watched the, the final cut. It's the realist. It's, it's, it's just so gorgeous. Yeah. Good. Oh, my God. I still think I like the theatrical better than the final cut, personally. Oh, really? I think I do. It's a little more ambiguous as far as, like, is he human or not? I feel like, if I recall, I want to say the final cut spelled it out a little more clearly, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think it's still pretty ambiguous, but, um, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, Blade Runner, it's awesome. and, and we One of my gonna, favorites ever. We're going to watch uh, Blade Runner 2049 here soon because we, we got it on the Blu-ray. And Shit, I'm excited because yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, Man, you haven't really? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, dude, I'm going to have to fucking rewatch both this week. They're so <laughs> goddamn good, man. The original... Holy shit, man. You want to talk about one of the most just visually overwhelmingly incredible movies ever. Like every yeah. frame of that fucking movie is goddamn gorgeous. It and is. The soundtrack, is. man. Fuck. Everything about Blade Runner. I I adore. One of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, no. It, it is it is awesome. Uh definitely uh was well worth a rewatch if you haven't rewatched it in a while rewatch it still good i think i should man 2049 mm-hmm. is dope too i think that okay. you'll like it a lot yeah no I'm, I'm excited to check it out uh and then on uh on a friday night on the old screaming chat over there on discord we watched a movie called hollow gate which uh mm. I, I enjoyed honestly it was it was interesting yeah what's it about um, uh <laughs> i don't remember well <laughs> but <laughs> i remember watching it for sure um, and enjoying my time watching it and saying, oh, I probably should watch this, uh, you know, at another time when I'm fully paying attention. Uh, Maybe. But then All right. Okay. On Sunday, Ice Cream Sunday, we watched a movie called Shadow in the Cloud with uh, Chloe Moretz. And that was pile of dog shit. It was really bad. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I expected it to be. That's why we watched it on Ice Cream Sunday because that's kind of the deal. But, uh, yeah, it, it was bad. But, I mean, watchable bad, but bad, bad. Mm, damn, yeah. man. Woof. Okay, yeah. so avoid. Yeah, I'd say so. What have you been up to? What you been watching? I'll tell you what. I think before I can tell you about a bit of it, I'm going to need to whet this dry-ass whistle of mine. You mind if I yeah. do that? Yeah, go ahead, because I could tell. I could tell that whistle was getting dry, because mine over here, whoo, buddy, it was parched. Oh, my Lord, man. I love to keep my whistle just a dripping moist. You know how it is. You want your whistle. I, I like to just submerge it. I put it underwater and then blow dunk it. Dunk that whistle, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> I'm going to dunk mine in this main beer company, King Titus Porter. Ooh, that sounds yeah. nice. I love a main a beer dock company. beer. My God, they're always so fucking good. This guy is a 7.5-er. Ooh. And it should be mighty tasty. I, I can't remember if I've had this one or not, but everything Maine Beer does is just style perfect, exactly the way that it should be. No added bells and whistles or crazy flavors added in. It's just fucking beer, and it's yeah. done so well. Yeah. Well, I, I got Ooh. me, I think, probably the highest quality uh, seltzer water you can get. That is Kroger brand. Ooh, Look buddy. out, Kroger. Yeah. yeah. The bubbles, oh, man. I think they're fresh, real fresh bubbles. Uh, the water, probably straight from a faucet. That's nice. Are those ethically sourced bubbles? How are they harvesting those? Um. Yeah, yeah. They The bubble mines now, uh, they stopped using children. Now they're, they're using <laughs> uh, adults. 
and okay. they all right they, yeah so that that's that's good and they're actually paying them which you know so the bubbles are pretty ethical i guess but the problem is is like man the the children with their tiny nimble fingers they could harvest the tiniest bubbles and i love the way they danced across my tongue as i drank the water yeah no no listen we all agree that children make the best bubbles for seltzer water and therefore should be employed <laughs> yeah, they just need benefits and, you know, fair pay. Oh, what's that for? Their kids are getting life experience, you know? Yeah, hey, you that's think in is. real life you're going to get benefits? <laughs> kids. Yeah, right, kid. Toughen up. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this beer is really, really good. Like is sometimes, that? Yeah. Sometimes porters can get that, I don't know, kind of like musty, like kind of super dark kind of flavor. This one is on the, I'm going to say sweeter spectrum of porters okay. it's not it's not super sugary or like turbo chocolatey it is just a nice hella dark beer that's got a really lovely flavor and a nice effervescence and no detectable booze taste uh whatsoever it's yeah, so fucking yeah. good that's that sounds nice boy i'll tell you what uh i haven't been drinking much beer lately but we we had um uh, some some German beers just last week, and then on my birthday, uh, our friend yeah. Haley brought over some German pilsners from from a local brewery. I can't remember the oh, name yeah. of it, like Zolg Hell something or whatever. Old it was Hell something or whatever. Yeah, anyway, it was really fucking refreshing. Like that's the thing I've been like, I, I I've I've been like real uninterested in getting drunk because it's so hot, but also like yeah, dude. Still interested in that like refreshing type of beer, the one that just like really the moment it hits your your lips, you're like, oh yes, I've needed this for days. And yeah, that's Man, what that was. It was great. Being like badly drunk when it's like sweltering outside, Ugh, the, the least favorite feeling. <laughs> yeah, no, not drunk interested. and cold works. I don't know why, yes, but it, the best. it really works. Yeah, great. That, hey, listen, that's why those Wisconsinites get it done. <laughs> they the get bar. it done, man. <laughs> Damn, man. You know, I actually just bought a guitar before we started recording from a yeah. seller in Wisconsin. Oh, really? Huh. You yeah, sent me a picture gonna of it. It looks badass. fucking cold and covered in cheese when it arrives, man. It's a Ibanez RGA-121. <laughs> I've wanted one of these a long time. Yeah. Natural yeah. flat finish. Very excited about that. Just for the fucking hell of it. Why not? I need tax write-off anyway. What, oh, I'd rather okay. fucking pay damn Marsha Blackburn some of my tax money? Fuck you. Marsha Blackburn. How dare Marcia, she Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah, for real, Marcia, man. Marsha, <laughs> I've watched myself a thing or two this week as well, man, over a uh, relaxing birthday brunch that we enjoyed before we had to leave for a funeral on, uh-huh. on Kate's birthday there. We watched Sausage Party, oh, and okay. it is a blast it had been years since i watched that movie i think last time i watched it might have even been like in theaters and it is it is a ridiculous ass movie dude yeah yeah i i don't really remember it well i watched it drunk but i remember uh, a wiener fucking a bun for sure yep that happens yep that definitely does happen and a whole lot of other fucking goes on too there's a Mm -hmm, huge mm -hmm. orgy scene at the end that i totally forgot about yeah uh hilarious movie (laughs) highly recommend now because uh my wife's birthday marks the beginning of the halloween season of course (laughs) uh, we kick that off like we usually do and watch paranorman that is our gateway to the halloween season in the middle of august because that's when halloween starts okay yeah well listen 
I always considered that Halloween starts after my birthday, but how about this? There you go. It starts after her birthday and on my birthday. Perfect. Boom, dude. There it is. Perfect timing. (laughs) Um, Always an enjoyable watch. We love that one. And our other movies that we checked out this week seem to follow a bit of a theme. Are you ready for this? Let's hear it. I'm excited. We had two themes. We had seafaring nautical movies and dance movies. Are you ready? Okay. There on the Netflix, we watched The Sea Beast, which was up for okay. some like best animated feature awards and stuff. I think it came out, I want to say 2022, but I might be wrong about that. It is hella fucking good. So fantastic, man. You should check okay. that out. Really enjoyable watch. Beautiful animation. Some cool messaging. Um, boy, when you get to the end... There's kind of this big speech where you're going to be like, man, I don't think they're really talking about sea beasts at all. <laughs> you'll you'll know what I mean when you get there. Okay. Uh, really good. Highly enjoyed that one. Our other nautical movie that we watched is we went to the theater and watched The Last Voyage of the Demeter that just come out. A dang yeah. old movie about a Dracula vampire on a damn old boat heading to USA, London. Yeah. You know how it is. The New World. <laughs> You know what I like? Hollywood is not just repeating the same old stories. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> though, like, has there been a movie that's just about the boat ride? Because I don't think there is. Has there been a Twilight movie that's just about a chapter? Oh, my God. Right? We need that. <laughs> right? It is. Okay. It is interesting, though. Like, I know that yeah, we've, people, yeah, you people know, you're, been you're, you're getting at... That we've kind of beaten the Dracula horse to death, but this yeah. one was actually pretty fucking dope. I think that you would really enjoy it because it is based on the one chapter from the captain's yeah. log mm-hmm. of Bram Stoker's Dracula of the, yeah. the voyage Where of the Demeter. people slowly are, are being killed off by the unknown force, which is Dracula, who's in his coffin in inside the ship. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And this entire movie is just sort of extrapolating on that and yeah. filling in the rest of the blanks of the story. And It's interesting, yeah. It's fucking good, man. I was surprised. I really did not know what to expect out of it because it is just like, okay, so it's based on one chapter from a book. How much can you say? Right. And it isn't a, you know, thrill a minute or romantic vampire kind of movie or anything. It's actually pretty steadily paced, similar to the the original text that it's based on. But something that's really fucking cool about it is that the entire movie, and this is this is no real spoilers or anything, um, it's the most feral, animalistic Dracula that we've seen. Like, oh, okay. it is just, it is not Dracula in, I'm in the public eye, I have to behave like a human, I have to be romantic and suave. Right. It's not that style of Dracula. It is, I must survive, I'm a fucking goddamn demon, I'm the devil on earth. Mm-hmm. I'll kill anything that moves mode the entire time. Right. Um, and the guy that's Dracula in the suit has done tons of monster and special effects work in, in a lot of movies. I can't remember his name. He's amazing. He's like super tall. The guy has like Marfan syndrome. So he's really tall and skinny and can like bend his bones in all kinds of fucked up ways. I think that he was mm-hmm. the guy that you remember how like Pennywise like unfolded from the fridge and it. Mm hmm. I think it's that guy, if I'm not mistaken, the guy that did the motion capture for that. 
His last name starts with a B, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. I think Italian he if I'm not Spanish. Too, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in a bunch of stuff, yeah. man. He was in like scary stories to tell in the dark, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. he was he was amazing in it. His his portrayal of Dracula was so just animalistic and brutal at times. Uh I, I really enjoyed it, man. Uh Kate was talking to our friend Corey from the Jack of All Graves podcast. Uh huh. And she was saying that like the CG kind of took her out of it. And dude, I I've didn't, heard that from other people too. I didn't notice it at all, man. Like maybe it had something to do with the fucking screen that we saw it on, but I thought that it looked great. I didn't really have any moments I can think of where I was like, oh, that looks like rubbery shit or whatever. Like, I mean, the dude was in a full body latex costume, uh-huh. you know, with all kinds of super detailed features and shit on him. And I'm sure that there were scenes that were probably enhanced a little bit with CG, but it was usually in the dark, in the fog, in the rain. Like it was all pretty goddamn well disguised to me so i had no problems with it i thought that it was pretty fucking dope i'd recommend it man i recommend you check it out i i I want to dip a toe into exploring something there have been two dracula movies that have come out this year that people have disliked the cgi of and they've done poor at the box office and you've liked them both what's the other one uh renfield Oh, dude, Renfield was great. It's so fun. I know. I, I'm, I'm I'm saying we should explore something here. Because uh, okay. two of your favorite movies <laughs> thus far have been have been have been Dracula movies. Yeah, and you I didn't like the guy. you didn't find the CGI bad, but everybody else did. Oh, they're wrong. They're just wrong about something. Okay. Have, you, have you explored that nerd? Huh? <laughs> I don't okay. know. Here's I'm the interested. thing that I'll say. Okay. So like Demeter, I I just think had great effects i didn't think yeah, there was okay. anything there that was bad um okay renfield there's absolutely stuff in there that you could tell with special effects but it's a horror comedy who yeah. really cares like they were making it hyper brutal fucking mortal combat ass fatality shit like sure it's fine yeah. it looks fake by me it didn't bother me at all yeah yeah no i'm just interested they're, they're just large similarities in these two movies and 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 you're, you seem to be you seem to be a fan of them and surprisingly both have done bad at the box office. That is interesting you're gonna, to me. So, okay, so I see what you're digging at. You're yeah. trying to tell me that you suspect that I'm deep in the pockets of Big Dracula. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. I'm being paid no. to say this stuff? Do, is that what you I mean? I do think you like Dracula a lot, though. Like the character. Sure I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's like, it's what I'm getting is like, because I know you love Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I do too. It's it's a great movie. The bomb. But there's, yeah, there is like, you have a tendency towards Dracula movies that you like, which is... I, something i've also with with anna uh, uh my co-host on hell rankers she's a huge fan of, of werewolves so like when we did the howling movies she did not see it as hell ranking at all because it's a every time it was a werewolf movie at the very least you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so like yeah that, mm-hmm. it's cool mm-hmm. it's interesting that like uh, i think like i don't know that i have a character like that but i think i have a tone like that where if a movie mm. has like a clive barker sort of bend to it I'm yeah, into yeah. it. So, yeah, we talked about that with, like, uh, fuck that uh, Steve Kostansky movie, The Void. You know, how yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. hellraiser and stuff like that. Yeah. Very, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, anytime there's a movie you, like that, like, I'm probably going to be more into it than your average person. Well, look at this, man. I mean, tell me why I wouldn't like Dracula. The guy right? is is super pale. <laughs> He's, He's cool, got yeah. dark hair. Sounds okay. Like me. All right? Uh-huh. Uh, he's fucking loaded. He's okay. got... 
tons of free time. I'm right. very jealous of that. The guy has <laughs> yeah, oceans absolutely. of time. Oceans of time, even. <laughs> and he crosses them if he likes, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for pretty brunette girls. I mean, this hey, is, I get you know, it. I get it. Listen, okay. You know what? Now... Now it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yep, awesome. That's right. Yeah. And no, you know I, how I love transforming into a brood of rats as well. I mean, Oh, yeah. I love that it. is one of your things. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, at a party, you're like, hey, guys, check this out. Ooh, rats. Poof. Rats, yeah. rats, rats. Yep. Gotta go, guys. Rats. I definitely am interested in seeing Last Voyage of the Demeter. It, 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 uh, I've seen, like, you know, I saw that it wasn't doing good at the box office, but people largely have either like enjoyed it or at the very least said that it was interesting the way they, you know, made that one chapter into a full movie. Like it doesn't feel at the very least like they're just stretching out. Yeah, uh, no, it, it doesn't, man. I think that you'll like it. I think that you'll like it from the from the literary basis and how they expand on that, as well as how the tone of the movie doesn't feel ultra modern. Like the tone of okay. it and the pacing of it are more like, you know, the original epistolary novel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it is more like that kind of tone and pacing. So I, cool. I think that you would enjoy it. Honestly, yeah, I'll check so it out. recommend checking it out. Yeah. I, will. Um, I, I like to Renfield our, as well, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> in case so I was wondering if I was dissing those movies. I wasn't, I really was just interested in seeing, uh, or I guess I'd been thinking because Ben had been texting me about the Demeter, and I was like, "Wait, he liked Renfield. Wait, he loves Ram Circus Dracula. Ben loves Dracula. I'm a sucker for the guy. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. sucker like a vampire. Oh, what? I'm a sucker for Dracula. <laughs> Fuck, That's... there's my bumper sticker, dude. I'm a sucker for. Dracula. I'm a sucker for Dracula. <laughs> oh my god, all the real Drac sluts get that tattooed on their neck, Tra- dude. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark dead and lovely. We need, that's a yeah. bumper sticker we gotta make. That's a neck tattoo waiting to happen. Is what that is, dude. I'm a sucker for Dracula. Fuck, that's Fuck so yeah. good. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. Just in time for Halloween. Yeah. So on to our our, our dance double feature. Um, we started one of, of of Kate's old school favorites, Center Stage. Oh, Center what you know sta- about dancing, motherfucker? Center Stage. Which one's that? It's got, uh, let's see, what the fuck is her name? She's in Guardians of the Galaxy as Gamora. Gamora, What is her name? I don't know, but I believe you. (laughs) Uh, You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, uh I do. I have to put Fuzzbeat on that to get the Mm -hmm. the notes on the fucking name. It's going to drive me insane. Uh, but it's got her in there. Uh, she's not a main character, but she's the best character in there. Okay. And it's a movie about some ballet dancing. Okay. And, uh, uh, Zoe Saldana is who oh, I'm talking about, okay. of course. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, a whole lot of dancing going on in that thing. So it got me to thinking, hey, what's a movie what's got a lot of great dancing? Suspiria, the original. Su- Suspiria. Yeah. So uh-huh. much good dancing in that. I was like, one up time. Top that. Here's some better dancing in Suspiria, which features nearly no dancing. <laughs> it doesn't course. have a lot, the original. <laughs> Not a lot. But I'll tell you what, man. You were talking about watching fucking uh, Blade Runner a second ago on like uh-huh. Blu-ray. And Suspiria, I wanted to watch it, and it's not streaming anywhere in the U.S. right now. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I'll have to change the input on my TV and actually insert a disc into my PlayStation (laughs) to watch a movie. It actually did take some effort, which is hilariously pathetic. (laughs) Um, But then after I watched the original Suspiria on this, uh, I have this like steelbook edition of it. 
uh-huh. on Blu-ray. The transfer is un god damn believable uh, holy awesome. fucking shit yeah. dude like I'm, I'm i'm totally like converted now where i'm like if i have it on physical media watch it on physical i'm Absolutely. so used to watching stuff streaming yeah. and it's like yeah this looks good this looks cool or whatever but dude when you watch a great ass blu-ray transfer especially yes. of a movie like suspiria which is yes. a you know technicolor masterpiece it is just eye searing color and visual the entire runtime of the movie the holy best. shit you'll never want to stream anything again i just want to watch shit on physical yeah we're yeah well, that's why we go to movie madness or get movies from the library all the time because you can get blu-ray quality and you get to see like especially like yeah sometimes it's not a great transfer but most of the time with these these really like gorgeous movies like suspiria like oh man it, there's no other way to watch it. I mean, yeah, we just watched Blade Runner on, on Blu-ray, and really, it was the first time I'd seen Blade, Blade oh, Runner it's, in it's that unreal. level of detail, and it's gorgeous, unbelievable, man. And the last time that I watched Suspiria was when I saw Goblin perform the soundtrack live yes. here in Knoxville, uh-huh. which was rad as fuck. I've like Dude, been listening to the soundtrack all week. It was amazing. They're doing that here at the Hollywood Theater, and I want to go so bad. They're playing. They're showing demons and having. Goblin That's coming to Knoxville, too, dude. Is yeah, it? dude, Fuck. Claudio Simonetti's Goblin is coming to <sighs> Knoxville to do the same thing. You should go, dude. I, w- I want to really bad. It's just like, it's, it's it's a little more expensive than I can handle right now. <laughs> but oh, it, it so looks it'll be worth it. Badass. And the Hollywood Theater here is is a great venue, so I, I, I do want to do it if, if we Shit, yeah, actually can. But yeah, man, I, 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 I think, honestly, like, um, we really do, like... A lot of like the issues that we're running into with like the writer strike and the the actors strike and stuff and the now the you know hopefully the uh, unionization of the the uh, fuck uh, what are they called <laughs> the computer graphics people <laughs> oh yeah yeah CGI like CGI effects, yeah, yeah the CGI industry uh, that that like one of the main issues is that streaming needs constant content and they're making things like so cheap and they're really cutting people out and like. Like, if we go back to physical media, like if just listen to me, just hear me. I know you love your hear streaming. Me out. Hear I me know, out. All right, all right. and it's great, and and that's wonderful. And some streaming services are are valuable in that they bring things that are like obscure and hard to find uh, 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 to you, uh, specifically Tubi, uh, which isn't one you pay for. So check out Tubi more. But uh, there's things like, you know, Shutter, etc. that that have more obscure stuff that you can't find other places. I get that. But if we can, man, it'd be great to just dry up the pockets of Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all those motherfuckers so that they can't do this constant like charging us more and more money and not giving any of that money to the people making the fucking product. How about and that? And also, right? you'll get to see better quality stuff. <laughs> like I'm telling wow. you, Blu-ray quality is it, it, like you forget how bad streaming can look. You do. I had yeah. honestly, yeah. like I, I totally had. Mm-hmm. You know, like even that that live Goblin thing I was talking about. Like they were right. just showing it on a projector, and it was uh-huh. kind of washed out and shitty looking. But that wasn't the attraction. The attraction was right. the music, uh-huh. which was phenomenal. Yeah, but. Man, after watching it on physical, it's just insane. Yeah, Absolutely it's fucking bonkers. Gorgeous. It'll also, I mean, if you start watching movies on Blu-ray, it'll also 
it'll solidify a hatred of digital. <laughs> like it really real. will. Like film film is so gorgeous in comparison. Mm. Like oh, you yeah. you look at even in the movie we're talking about today, even scenes where the, you know like those scenes where they're like heavy blue light and and you you know there was that whole like late 2000s early 2010 period where they just put like a blue filter on everything uh, and that's what yes, they were dude. trying to accomplish but when you see it in on film done with lighting instead of a filter it's like fuck yes that looks great oh dude that's like all the lighting in Suspiria that they did with all right. the gels and stuff that's just so like great. super unnatural like where is all this uh-huh. fucking magenta light coming yes. from but who cares because it. It nobody looks gives a shit <laughs> so goddamn cool oh my god man that's i don't know that's one of my favorite movies ever it's just yeah. so fucking good and no, you're it's right gorgeous. it's like when you actually watch something if you have a decent tv and you watch it on physical media yeah you'll never want to touch streaming again especially yeah. if it is something that was shot on film back in the day yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, the stuff that the there's some stuff like you know we watched Inland Empire. I said a few uh, weeks ago, uh, David Lynch's movie that was shot on like really shitty digital. Yeah, yeah. And seeing it on Blu-ray was weird because they had to like use AI to fill in some of the background because it, it wasn't shot. It was shot on four eighty p. Like wasn't meant to be shown in four K. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you, that's, it's interesting. Like sometimes, sometimes Blu-ray is not the way to go, I guess. Like <laughs> <laughs> too revealing, right? Too good. Yeah. Well, 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 that's how it is, man. So yeah, I had an enjoyable week of, uh, of watching some good stuff, despite some, some tragedy going on here in the household yeah. and some hard times. So yeah, so far so good, uh, on, you know, hopefully getting by <laughs> some of the harder <laughs> times and getting to enjoy some chill time. But next week is going to be action packed. I have, Three shows, two rehearsals. I've got Andy Wood's Woodshed Guitar Experience Camp coming up. I've got a ton of stuff coming down the pike. So this week I'm going to be scrambling, slamming, working together some uh, some tunes and stuff i got to learn, as well as editing a video for my channel that I'm super stoked about, man. I I came across my first band's first CD, Mm -hmm. uh, Out of Time, by my first band, Human Fuse, who you remember from my college days, of course. Yeah. Uh, found that CD in our storage unit a couple weeks ago, and I decided to make a video just kind of talking about it. And uh, I've got the guys from the band to kind of like you know film some video stuff and contribute to it. I'm I'm really yeah. really excited about it, man. It's been very it's been very nostalgic going yeah, back and, cool. and listening through some of that stuff. And then even like a week or so ago, me and Derek, the drummer mm-hmm. from that band, who you know we not played together in forever, but we both ended up at like the same local show just totally uh-huh. by chance so we were just like standing at this little dive bar standing next to each other watching bands kind of talking about them and stuff it was very i don't know it was like oh i've fucking been here before but it's been a long time it was some nice fucking nostalgia man good stuff that's awesome man you know uh human fuse remains the band i've seen live the most <laughs> you did see us plenty <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> plenty of times that's true <laughs> oh man yeah that that was uh that was some fun stuff that'll be coming out on my channel actually i guess whenever this comes out it'll already be out so oh, good if you cool. want to hear my my uh my beginnings as a bowl-cutted prog metal wanker <laughs> and here's some very self-deprecating talk and some good old man nostalgia be sure to check that one out <laughs> awesome that's cool fun i stuff, can't wait to watch that stuff. honestly like that uh, I, I, I mean, 
I, I have seen all those guys except for Derek I, recently-ish. So, but it would be cool to hear everybody talk about human fu- human poop. Yeah, or human poop, the, man. Yeah, the much better version that you accidentally texted me, human dude. Human dude. I autocorrected <laughs> to human dude. And now I'm That's like, why didn't we name. just call the band human dude? That's it's so, so much better. <laughs> it's way better. Hello, fellow humans. We are a band called Human Dude. Enjoy it. <laughs> Our our sounds, which will be vibrating air molecules around your ear canals, and uh-huh. a one and a two, it would have been way better. Yeah, absolutely, and everybody'd be like, "These guys are totally human for sure." Absolutely, mm-hmm. for sure, man. And it would solve a problem that I always had back in the day, where people would ask, "Like, what's the band name mean?" And I'd be like, "Nothing, literally nothing." nothing. Like, no, it's, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. And it's like, human dude, nobody would even ask. They'd be like, no, oh, I know what, I know what means. that means. Yeah. If yeah. somebody asked you what that means, it'd be like, what? I, is this a trap? Like, what is happening? <laughs> what does human dude mean? Uh... If you have to ask, I can't explain it to you. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> it's been fun, man. Like, there's a lot of that stuff that I go back and I listen to. And, like, my first, my first instinct is to, like, be embarrassed by it because it's so, like wanky and cheesy and like not played you know up to standards that i hold now and shit sure and and then i'm like wait a second i should not be embarrassed about this i've been playing guitar for like a fucking year and a half when we did that stuff dude right like what would be embarrassing is if i listen to that and i go oh my god like i'm still playing all those same fucking licks 20 years later i've learned nothing like that would be embarrassing to me that but it's just kind of a sign be. of growth. If you go back and listen to your early stuff and you're like, oh, man, that was kind of shot. Good. That means you've grown. Yeah. If you listen back to something you did 20 years ago and you're like, man, I've I've never been better. I peaked. <laughs> that sucks. That <laughs> sucks. sucks. Sorry. Right? <laughs> it's a lot of fun, man. Nostalgia is a, is a real bitch. It's definitely got me like hankering to be in like an original band man it's been a while since i was in an original band just you know writing our own tunes and shit i I love doing the tribute band thing and i love working with other artists it's very very fun and very fulfilling but nothing is quite like just fucking making stuff with like-minded dudes there's nothing quite like it yeah that's cool as hell so i don't know maybe one day we'll fucking we'll see the the human fuse reunion tour of like two venues in knoxville <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but we'll we'll see what happens man we'll see what happens so yeah good times man i'm excited to creep on into the preview palace today steve we got some very fun stuff coming up here um so we were talking about ideas for what we could do here in today's preview palace and i was like man it'd be really fun if we came up with you know our identities if we were stalkers in the running man universe and i was like that's cool but there's only there's only two of those and it would be really short and i was like you know who we should ask about it yeah motherfucking most loyal our most deadest our most loveliest supporters Uh on our patreon page their ideas of Mm. our stalker identities would be and that's what we're going to talk about here in the motherfucking preview palace Welcome to the Preview Palace. Yeah, run by the fans. I love this. I love, um, you know, not working and having other people do the stuff, and then we just talk about it. It's yeah, so good too. to me. Yeah, it's so good, dude. Three hundred something episodes in. For us. <laughs> oh, dude, I, as if I don't pitch tent enough. You know what I mean? Right. I'm pitching tent twenty four seven. That's my motto. Always be pitching tent. A B P T over here, man. Oh, T C B A B P T. 
I got it so wrong. I have always been pitching a tent. That's the yeah. same thing. Yeah, that's is the same it? thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I guess the pitch when you have an erection is sex. Like, <laughs> I mean... It's your body pitching sex. Kind of. But the point is, you film it and monetize it. There you go. Okay. Yes. There we That's go. That's all you're missing. That's the yeah. Tent. You've already got. Hey, you've already got the hardest part of the equation. <laughs> Hi yo. Erections are hard. That. Oh, that's what you meant. Okay. That's what I, I just. Yeah. I heard the cadence of a joke, and I was like, "Yeah, all right." This is where the <laughs> laugh track goes. Oh, ho, 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 ho. so yeah, we've 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 uh, employed some uh, some of our Patreon patrons to create stalker personas for us this. and uh yeah i'm excited to read these i think we need to start with old steely dan halen colin our guy what a great fucking name steely, steely dan, dan halen, halen. Uh-huh. god damn that is a tribute act waiting to fucking happen <laughs> where you just play either you know steely dan songs in the style of van halen or uh-huh. van halen songs in the style of steely dan uh-huh. either way you want to talk about getting your chocolate in my peanut butter? Right. I would be fucking thrilled if that band existed, and I would try to do everything I could to weasel my way into it to play guitar or bass. <laughs> and the singer has to be Dan Halen from the Squidbillies. It just makes sense. There we go. Boom. Yep. All right. So, all right. Here, here are Colin's pitches uh, for our stalker personas. For it me... Means- Hollywood Steve. I guess we'll re- we'll read our own because I, I I sent you uh, these screenshots here. So I'll, I'll read mine here. I am more man with <laughs> magic man. underwear and a cannon that shoots <laughs> diet caffeine free Pepsi. <laughs> Just fucking hosing them down like a damn fire hose yeah. or something, huh? Yeah, and I I decided that of course. I need I need a phrase, you know, to make the magic underwear work. So I'm gonna go with magic underwear activate, <laughs> and then I guess it <laughs> shines out them. like a blaring bright light or something. <laughs> That's so goddamn good. Yeah. Magic underwear and a cannon that shoots diet, <laughs> diet caffeine free Pepsi. Do the Mormons like have an affinity for diet? Is that there for a reason, or does it just need to be caffeine free to be Mormon approved? Um, you know, I uh, well, I, I honestly like. Uh, I don't want to get too far in the weeds about Mormons, but I, I know. Are you sure? There's <laughs> there's definitely disagreement about whether or not caffeine is acceptable but Mm. it's coffee and tea that they don't drink but a ton of mormons don't drink caffeine and yeah i would say diet is more regular in a mormon's Hmm. home for some reason so yeah that is a deep cut of diet caffeine free pepsi i also love how you slipped in that you're a pepsi on purpose uh yeah yeah. good show humor (laughs) laced into that man yeah i'm fucking here for that what do you think Arnie might say if he if he killed you? I'd like to think about any like mm-hmm. you know little uh-huh. stingers, little quips Arnie yeah. could have if he mowed you down. What do you well, think he'd say to you? I mean, uh, uh, pretty easy. Killian looks like your more man is less man. <laughs> more man is less man. God damn uh-huh. it, that is good, man. <laughs> Fuck. Let's hear your stalker persona right. presented to us by Colin. All right. Uncle Ben, 
the Shredder. I love this already. <laughs> yeah. Riding a motorcycle with a guitar-controlled industrial shredder in the sidecar. I'm picturing this thing is like a, like a shredder. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like, maybe the faster I play, it makes the yeah. blades, like, spin faster. Uh-huh. And more dangerous-looking. Like, suddenly there's, like, pokers and, like, all sorts of shit coming out the more you, like, really weedly weedly it. I think so, man. I think so. And and I also like to imagine, too, that he's also working in some, like, deep cut stuff I've referenced on the show before stuff, because I would need a sidecar if I was riding a motorcycle, because, I mean, I learned how to ride a bike when I was, like, 17, so I definitely could not ride a motorcycle without some balance yeah. assistance, so, so yeah, I think he worked that in there for that, you know? I like this. I'm shredding yeah. and shredding at the same time, right? Yeah. And I like to think that, you know, just in case your your shredding motorcycle gets disabled, your guitar is the drill guitar from uh, Slumber Party Massacre 2. Obviously. I mean, what else yeah. would it be, right? It just yeah, exactly. makes sense. <laughs> I think after I'm destroyed by, by Arnie... Um, He'd say something like, uh, Shredder, more like uh, deader. <laughs> right? Yeah. Deader. Deader. More like deader. <laughs> <laughs> Tight. Those are good, man. Yeah, they are. All right. Here, this is from our guy, Josh Kennedy. Uh, okay. And this one, oh boy. Yeah, this is accurate. Um, <laughs> so for me, a marijuana themed stalker. With a broken, <laughs> sharp bong as a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Broken bong. Yeah. Shaggy's out for it from Scooby-Doo, of course. Uh, driving the Cheech and Chong van. Love it. Dude, so you're you're like cruising around in the van. You got that broken bong yes. hanging out the window. You're driving like real slow, though. It's kind of uh, your weakness because you're high. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so somehow... Despite being high, I'm good at this. Like, because they've hired me as a stalker. So, like, I gotta figure out how to be simultaneously high and a murderer. High and murder. Well, you got that reefer madness, Steve. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So, like, okay. So I play it kind of like you know, like I I inhale from my my pot bong, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. got to think. I mean, if we're in the Blade Runner 1987 universe, that is right. exactly what would happen. This is like peak of dare. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that is how yes. this would work. Yes. The, the, oh, sorry, the running man. You said Blade Runner. <laughs> the running oh, man. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah running man. Yeah. Running man. Yeah, in the Running Man 1987 universe, yes, there's there's absolutely like every reason to believe that weed is like the most evil thing ever. So, yeah, I, I jump out in, you know, my... <laughs> shaggy outfit like zoinks uh with my sharpened bong and I, i'm going at, at 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 uh schwarzenegger now i'm assuming when he kills me he's got to make a crack about do- like you know dope me being a dope right something like that or like okay yeah that's pretty good looks like dope made him a dope why what about Hold this on just what if second. he said it looks like the bell tolls. Bong. <laughs> okay. Bong. Right? Yes. I just realized that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Freddy have something in common. Oh, they do. You're right. <laughs> what? That's so weird. Why were quips a thing we really liked in the late 80s? <laughs> Wow, because whenever you're sending somebody on down the road, like the right. last thing that they hear 
in existence, their last moments alive, is some cheesy-ass quip about how they're getting murdered. Could you imagine right. dying in a more disgraceful, <laughs> just fucking aggravated way? Like, God fucking damn it. This is really the last thing that I hear. This is like, oh, you're a hothead. <laughs> and then you fucking die. You're, you're lying in bed, dying, stage four cancer of some sort. Arnie comes walking in with like just a very serious, calm face on. And he looks at your wife and he's like, looks like he's not gonna make it and you're like is this a quip as you to like you're like oh no is he delivering news or am i being quipped <laughs> i think as you flatline and the fucking heart rate machine just turns into that into a flat line he looks at it and he goes he's dead that's the bottom line <laughs> and leaves and you're just like escape your soul is escaping your body and you're like god fucking damn it it had to be that. It couldn't be, you know, my wife saying I love you, anything. It's just, and that's the last thing you hear. I mean, honestly, if I ever have to kill a motherfucker, I'll probably quip him. I probably will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Let's just say for, all right. So uh, just right now, you've, um, you've, you've run over a pedestrian. You weren't paying attention. Oops. Hit a pedestrian. They're, they're dying on the road. You get out of the car. What do you say? Uh, hitchhike more like uh, bitch hike uh, uh, die <laughs> okay, so that's was, what I'd probably go with this first thing came to mind is the hitchhiking pedestrian <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah bitch okay. hike alright I, I <laughs> yeah. like that yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm bending the rules a little bit yeah. <laughs> and that, that would make it worse is because he'd be like I wasn't even hitchhiking I was just trying to cross the fucking street <laughs> You son of a bitch. Oh, <laughs> Arnie stop quip about hitchhiking. What the fuck is going on? This is not what I led my life to fucking aim towards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, dead. Yeah. What a way to go out. That would be a bummer. All right, Ben. Uh, let's hear. Let's hear Josh Kennedy's uh, stalker persona for you. <laughs> okay, music themed. Uh huh. Gene Simmons battle axe, bass guitar as a weapon. I appreciate that you armed me with a bass, so right. many people don't don't recognize my big guitar playing ability. So thank yeah. you for that. Thump, 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 thump. I'm wearing per- Prince's purple haze costume, all <laughs> while driving the bluesmobile. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a bad motherfucker. Got the fucking purple haze costume, man. The purple rain look going on. Uh I got the battle axe base. I'm cruising at you in the bluesmobile. You're going to (laughs) die, motherfucker. Yeah, I I can see, like, because this guy, he's not, he's not, like, shredding to murder you. It seems more like he he uses his, like, Prince-style charm charisma je ne sais quoi maybe to lure you in to then el cabong you with the big ass bass guitar with the gene simmons axe right. it might be like that yeah because it's like you see somebody looking like prince and like well this is the coolest motherfucker i'll meet today for sure and False you're like, sense of security motherfucker. and he's like oh Bluesmobile. yeah uh-huh super come on over cool. That's check it out yeah, yeah. And boom both styles country and western come on over <laughs> I think right. when Arnie Arnie gets me, he's gonna say, "Looks like it's time to face the music." <laughs> it works. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm really imagining, like, that you the you swing the axe guitar and it, it just chops the face off. Like... Just the face, yeah. Just the face, yeah. And then that's, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's so good. All right. So, Matt Palmer, uh, boy... This one's something. I, I'm this excited. One amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Palmer fucking knocked he killed it, it out yeah. of the park. <laughs> so, I, I, my persona is a hardcore socialist revolutionary. <laughs> I got a Karl Marx beard and a bland gray jumpsuit. That's a, lo- a little mixing of revolutions there, but we're, we're killing it. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Gotta have an Weapon outfit. of choice. The hammer and sickle. God damn it. It's yes. so good. Especially for like a 1987 fucking yes. communist socialist villain yes. to have a hammer and sickle. That's goddamn 100%. brilliant. I uh, love it. I've always got a one-liner about the proletariat ready to go before doing <laughs> the patented October Revolution, I guess, is my oh, killing move. <laughs> it'll get you, man. You starve him to damn death. <laughs> and, of course, my vehicle of choice is a mustard yellow Lada. And I'll tell you what, I drive around a mustard yellow Lada right now, buddy. Let's let's get some proletariat quips out there. You ready for this? Like Hit me. Uh, okay, okay. I grab Arnie by the balls and I say, I'm seizing the means of production. <laughs> seizing the means of production. Yeah. yeah. That's so goddamn good. Oh my God. <laughs> Man. Also, I think I've got to just start using that as a term. It's like, oh, he hit him right in the means of production. That's fucking funny. That's fucking good. Really Screw is. the bread basket. Give me the means Screw of production. The bread basket. I mean, it's. I mean, it's easy to imagine Arnie quipping about killing your communists. So, I mean, what we got here, like, uh, better dead than red. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. tight, Mm -hmm. tight. I like that, Mm -hmm. man. USA kind of screams it, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Everybody just chanting, USA, USA. God damn it. That is so good. I love that one. Yeah, yeah, that one's awesome. Let's hear hear Stalker Persona for you. I love where Matt went with this one. I think Uh Ben would be a homeschool type. Yeah. Wearing jorts and hyper shirts and sporting a bowl cut and misusing words like penultimate and mortify, which I have been known to do on many an occasion. They taught me these fancy words. I ain't never used them before. But I got to strut them out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I enter the arena, and I'm pretty sure I'm like, if I were you, I would be mortified yeah. of me. Yeah, you better get ready for the penultimate mortification, my dude. <laughs> That's my finishing move. Yeah. Only the, the thing is because yeah. I'm, like, really shy. I'd whisper it. Like, I'd come out into the arena and be like, get ready for the penultimate mortification. And be like, yeah. What? And then you just whisper it to your mom, and she tells him. Yeah, he said, "Get ready for the penultimate mortification." And they'd be like, "That doesn't mean anything." And I'd go, "Oh," and get really frustrated. Yeah, but that would only make my bloodlust increase, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now you're gonna oh, man. kill the shit out of okay. them. Yeah. Apparently, my weapon could be some garden equipment from Walmart from my job in the lawn and garden department. Yeah. Uh-huh. Amazing. It's definitely. I'll tell you what. It's gonna be. It is going to be some um, like lawnmowers and stuff that I put together really badly because I had no training to do that. It was just like, here's your job. Put together some lawnmowers, kid. 
Okay, I guessed at it. Okay, <laughs> I probably ended up chopping some people's legs off. I'm probably, not, I'm not but, even joking you know. around about that. Yeah, um, and a razor sharp Conway Twitty LP. <laughs> God damn, man! Hello, boom, darling. Boom. <laughs> nice to see you. Uh, he could roll around in a 1986 Buick Skyhawk without working air conditioning. Woo! It's got that 250 AC right there, man. Yeah, Two windows down real. at 50 miles per. <laughs> His finishing move is to come here and I'll give you something to cry about stepdad style. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's so perfect. The thing is, is like, this is totally like pre 17 me. Like, this is all oh, based on my past yeah. of like yeah. being homeschooled uh, and working at the Walmart lawn and garden. What a fucking deep cut. How much shit do I talk about on this show? <laughs> a lot. Too much. <laughs> Too fucking much. Holy shit, man, that is yeah. good, man. That was awesome. All right, and then finally, Rob Sanzones, which is <laughs> very detailed. Incredible. Yeah. Abs- oh, do you have a, do you have an amazing uh, Arnie finishing oh, line yeah. for when I get killed as a homeschooler? For, yeah, for the one. homeschool kid. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what I think it'd be? He'd cut me into several like pieces, like he'd like cut me in half or something, and he'd go, "Homeschool is in section." What? <laughs> Homeschool is in Homeschool section. Homeschool is in section. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So my stalker profile, uh, according to Rob Sanzone. Would be Hollywood Steve, director of death. Brutal. Yeah, my weapons include an ultra-powerful bullhorn that I use <laughs> to scream disparaging remarks to my victims. <laughs> and a razor-edge clipboard of doom. Or clapboard of doom. That's even oh, better. Oh, the clapboard. Yeah. <laughs> you could, like, decapitate fools of that thing or something, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cut. Boom. Yeah, 100. Yes, cut. Exactly what you say. <laughs> that might be the Arnie. The Arnie quip right there, Oh, too. yeah. That's how, yeah, that's Arnie's quip. He, he grabs my clapboard and kills me with it and says, cut. Yeah. Uh, Megalon. Oh, actually, he fucking mentions that. Damn, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> oh, shit, he does. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's perfect. Great minds. Great minds. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. Um, uh, yeah. Mega loud bullhorn comments hurt his victims' feelings and also hurt their <laughs> ears from this year volume. Once Brutal. stunned from this emotionally crippling commentary and ear splitting <laughs> attack, Hollywood Steve takes out his giant clapboard of doom with razor sharp edges. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is definitely the best uh <laughs> the best possible way that I would get killed if I were this character is for, yeah, Arnie to cut off my head with my own clapboard and yell, cut. God damn it. That is so fucking good. And I can see it. Like, I can see the razor clapboard and everything. Uh The the megaphone of doom. Fuck. That's so so good, man. That's like 80s heel wrestler shit, too. 100%. Yes, the megaphone for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, dude. Fuck, All that's right. good, man. Let's hear this this masterpiece he's, he's put together for you. This is amazing. Now, again, I, I love that some of you guys dug a little bit deep on some of these things, and he's digging into my, my goth rock alter ego <laughs> Davy Stranger here. Uncle Ben's stalker profile would be Davy Strangler. 
Rob, the second that I read this, I was immediately so goddamn disappointed in myself that I yeah. had never considered Davy Strangler. That is so fucking funny. God damn it. Like, you guys are better at us than we are. This Absolutely. makes no sense. This is 100% amazing. percent better at us than we are. Uncle Ben's stalker profile would be Davy Strangler. Having gotten so damn good at flicking guitar picks at fans during rock shows, Davy Strangler stuns his prey by flicking metal razor Ooh. guitar picks at his victims. I'm like Gambit. Just, yeah. oh, mon dude, just fucking flicking these things <laughs> at mon chéri, you know? I love it. Oh. This is great. Once they are immobile, the fatality moves are aplenty. Oh, I'm excited. While impaling his victims with the headstock of his extremely pointy metal guitars is a crowd favorite. The fans truly go nuts when Davy Strangler wraps his patch cord around his victim's neck and hangs them midair. <laughs> whilst Davy is hoisted into the air wearing a flying harness, all a Bon Jovi living on a prayer and shredding the guitar solo from Van Halen's Hang 'em High. Fuck yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. I mean, that's everything I want in life. Like, right. straight up, <laughs> I just want to do all of that. They, that's incredible. Yeah, Rob didn't create a, a like, stalker persona. He created a real-life persona for you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Oh, my God, it's so good. I think whenever Arnie kills me, because obviously, you know, everybody knows uh, Davy Stranger's uh, hit singles. Um. I think that he's gonna like quote a Davy Stranger line, right. uh-huh. and okay. be like, "Oh, she needs poetry. He needs a hearst." <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Take that, so Davy Strangler. <laughs> Davy Strangler. Yeah, God, these, I love that. These so were much. so good, and we, honestly, we didn't give you guys enough time to even get a bunch in. Uh, uh, next time we do this, I, I'll, I'll I'll be sure to get up a post like a, a week ahead of time because these four were perfect. They're so Amazing. fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> fucking incredible. So thank you guys so much for contributing that, and also just giving us a break from having to think up some new stuff. For that sure, was awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really refreshing to let somebody else other than Jesus take the wheel for once. You right, know? yeah. Jesus oftentimes is taking the wheel on this show, because you know us, devout Christians. Obviously. Christian show. Obviously. <laughs> and of course if you guys want to be part of the fun you guys can join up uh, to our Patreon page where you can participate in cool shit like this be a part of the yeah. show mm-hmm. as well as get your movie drawn in our once a month drawing from the smoke and bowl That's the last right. episode of every month is always your all's pick and for just a few clams a month it could be yours yeah yeah patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely uh, head on over there become a patron on any level you get access to the Patreon exclusive episodes which uh, just put up a Treehouse of Horror episode. Got uh, the Fast and Furious Hell Rankers coming out uh, the week after this episode. So there's all sorts of cool stuff. But if you become a five dollar patron, you get to throw a movie into the smoky bowl, and then we draw out of the bowl, and then we cover that movie. And we're going to be doing that next week. So yeah, we are. Get your ass over. Oh, have we even mentioned that this is Action August? Action August. Blazo. Uh, yeah, usually this is a horror movie podcast. Normally, if this is your first yeah. episode, this is going to be profoundly confusing, by the way. All of everything that just happened. Everything. Yeah, everything that's yeah. happened. Just like, what oh, is man. this show? 
<laughs> I hope you're hooked, though. You know, no, I mean, I, I've started sure. shows like I've started podcasts on like episode 150 when everybody's already in their groove, and I was just like, I want to know what they're talking about, right? And, you know, start it over or whatever. So maybe this is you. You know, maybe this maybe is when so. you get hooked. Yeah, maybe you'll go back. You'll find out about Al my Dino Head. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll hear Ben read the AI script that somebody sent in, etc. You learn about Pepsi moments. on purpose, Pepsi on purpose, etc. Yeah, it just you know, great great moments in the history of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. the only one. So maybe you'll learn about that. Yeah, I, I hope you like horror movies though, because that's usually what we talk about, yeah, except for true. the month of August, Normally. where we talk about. <laughs> Action movies. And this action movie here, The Running Man from a 1987, this was chosen as part of a poll on our Facebook group. It was a smoking right. poll, wasn't it? The smoking poll. <laughs> smoking polls right. nationwide. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was in between this one and what was the what was the second place? Um oh oh Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Which, I mean, I that mean, would have been a fun one too. Yeah, I mean, th- th- either one of them have Sub-Zero, so that works out. Hmm. <laughs> Listen, I think Sub-Zero was the deciding factor, because the other two movies barely got any votes. It was mostly just The Running Man and Mortal Kombat, so I'm guessing yeah. everybody loves the character name Sub-Zero. Well, I mean, how much Sub-Zero did Top Gun have? I mean, like, basically <laughs> none, right? You know what? Everybody does have a nickname, though, and I was thinking that would help. But no. Could have helped. No, yeah. nobody gives a shit about Goose. What if Meg Ryan's name in that movie would have been Sub-Zero for no reason? Like, same character, it's still Meg Ryan. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> wow man so yeah you guys chose this one over on our facebook group which is the only reason to use that godforsaken fucking website uh and it's great to hang out with you guys to be sure to sign up today and i'm so glad that you guys chose this movie because it's fucking awesome and i think that this is only the second time that i've ever seen it i remember watching this like i mean it's probably been at least 10 years ago um and i really enjoyed it then but going into it this time, I didn't really remember that much about it. Like, I remembered that it was this, you know, crazy, dark, uh, dystopian future. Obviously, that Arnie was in it. And uh-huh. that it was kind of this gladiatorial combat scenario. But I didn't really remember much past that. So this was kind of like foreigner style feeling it for the first time for me. Oh, and hell I, yeah. I loved what I was feeling, man. Is this one that That's you grew awesome. up watching? Yes, yeah. Um I have the memory of seeing this in the theater, um, which would probably make it the first movie I saw in theaters because I, I would have been around like six. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've had this movie in my life forever. Just I was huge on Arnie movies and Predator and uh, and Running Man both came out this year within about four months wow. of each other. And they were That's two insane. of my favorite movies as kids. So. These two movies, Commando, Terminator, I was I was watching them all the time as a kid. Um, but yeah, Running Man is just one of those movies that I've always known. So rewatching it for the show was again like uh, awesome. It was eye opening. You know, it was like good to like sit down and be like, oh, actually, it, you know, despite it, it is largely a fun, stupid action movie. There's a lot of cool, like interesting stuff going on, like philosophically and whatnot. Uh, and we'll get into that, but it, it, it definitely is one of those movies that, like, I'm I'm glad in rewatching it, it that it didn't crumble. 
That would have sucked because yeah. it's a huge Dude, part of my real. life growing up. Yeah. It's awesome. Even though it is, you know, made in the testosterone fueled action movie heyday of the, you know, mid late eighties. Right. There's nothing really in this that has aged badly on any no, kind of really. like, you know, social no. messaging level. I mean, if anything, it's like the the further we get in the future, this more this movie just becomes um, a warning. And yeah. I, yeah, I want to talk about dystopias and stuff yeah. as we go along here. But man, one thing that I realized when we started watching this is, you know, in my head, if you say Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're thinking, like, yeah, action, adventure, stuff blowing up, yada, yada. But, like, in reality, man, that motherfucker's been in a lot of sci-fi movies. Yeah. Like, a lot of shit with aliens and spaceships and future shit. I mean, fucking Predator, Total Recall, this. Like, so Uh many fucking Arnie flicks are sci-fi action flicks. Yeah, he's, he's... He is a sci-fi dork, it feels like. Like, he... I know! he, He, like, he did Terminator... Uh, and and then after that, you know, once he's a huge star and he can choose all of his own roles, he starts doing a ton of sci-fi. So I feel like it's just the thing that interests him. Yeah, well, because if you look at the themes in this movie and Terminator and Total Recall, I'm sure in other words uh, that I'm forgetting as well, like so many of them deal with the threats that we're going to face in the future dealing with technology, with technological yeah. advancement. I mean, even the way that this movie predicted so much deep fake shit and how many shenanigans that's gonna cause right um which maybe we're already living in right now i don't mean to go total jesse ventura right away but like (laughs) this is gonna become a problem y'all i mean big fucking problem do y'all remember a few years ago they were showing us like look what deep fake technology could do and then they shut up about it they kind of did. Yeah. That kind of <laughs> so, did happen. Know, like, it, it becomes suspect after a while. Like, oh, you showed us all the things it could do. Are you doing it? Not like, saying that we are, but we're not talking we about know? it. How would we know? How would we know? That's kind of like we'll this We'll let you exact, know if anything changes. Right. Well, and, and this, like, this dystopia really relies on uh, entertainment and television being central to people's lives, and that's where the we're Coliseum, at. Coliseum, man. Yep. Yeah. Uh, keeping the masses fucking chill by giving them entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I, I think that, like, this movie is definitely dialed into the actual dystopia we live in, and it comes out the same year as RoboCop, which is also pretty dialed in, and that is, again... Jeez, yeah. As we said with like RoboCop and Escape from New York and uh, other, you know, dystopian 80s movies we've talked about, it's all a response to Reaganism. It's all a response to Reaganomics and the uh, resurgence of uh, conservatism and, uh, you know, satanic panic, et cetera, stuff like that. All the ways that, that people were easily manipulated in the 80s, like all these writers and directors were seeing the inevitability of things yep. and when you look back at it it's like holy shit <laughs> like i love it dude like i they love were right well okay i don't love it i don't no, love yeah. <laughs> seeing that like wow right. they were fucking dead on the money like but they were i really yeah. I, I i hate looking back and seeing that stuff right. like this and robocop and yeah you know frank miller's dark knight and all this shit where it's uh, just like oh wow god damn it like everybody was talking about emperor god reagan and what this would mean for america and they right. fucking babe ruth the shit out of it like i yeah. hate that they were right don't get me wrong but yeah. the further along we get the more interesting it is to be like this was just 
entertainment. This was shit blowing up and yeah. fights and car chases and cool shit in the eighties. But it was also being like, hey, you know, this is coming, right? Like, yeah. hey, they live. Here's wrestlers and shit on screen uh-huh. and people exactly. in crazy masks. But this is happening. You know right. that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's interesting that like you know. Um, yeah, and, and let's just talk about where this movie comes from because this is this is a fun and interesting story. This, um, I, I mean, like, I'll, I'll start by giving some tidbits of information and just trying to tie these things together because they tie together in a very like spider webby type of way. But the the movie ostensibly is an adaptation, like by 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 title. And by by rights, an adaptation of Stephen King's book under his uh, pseudonym of Richard Bachman, The Running Man. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this was a fucking Stephen King joint until the well, title started rolling. And I was like, whoa, yeah. it's a pseudonym. I had no idea he had involvement in this. Well, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of similarity. Uh, the Running Man okay. is uh, more uh, about of a every di- every man type. Who is going on to this uh, this game show where uh, basically they have these stalkers that hunt you across the United States, and um, you uh, for every hour you're alive, you earn a hundred dollars for your family, and if you stay alive for a full thirty days, you win a billion dollars. Uh, and okay, people- that's a lot different than this. Yeah. Yeah. And people across the country can get a reward for sending in tips to find you. Um, Whoa. Okay. I need to read the book. I've always heard the book is really cool. Yeah, well, it has 101 chapters, and it's like a countdown, basically. Like the, cool. Each chapter, yeah, it's like a countdown from 100. So, um, Also that, the best though, number of Dalmatians to have. It's very important. <laughs> right. If you're, if you're trying to put together a flock of Dalmatians, that's why they call it a flock, you want 101 of them. Uh, yep. uh, any more or less, it's crazy. They just start turning on each other and eating each other. It's weird. I don't know why. But uh, so here's the thing, though. The this uh, this story idea comes from a 1950 short story called "The Prize of Peril," where oh. uh, a guy, a guy uh, the author Robert Sheckley, wrote about and essentially anticipated reality TV. Like, you know, Survivor and, and, and uh, Fear Factor and stuff like that. Where this, the main character goes on several of these shows to earn money for his family because his daughter is dying or something. And goes on to a show where he will be hunted by people across the country. And um, he's told going into it that all the people across the country support him and they want him to to win but once he starts the game he finds out that in fact (laughs) all the people across the country are bloodthirsty and want him to die so they're working against him and everyone's motivated by their greed yeah right um so that's pretty much the exact same story it's just a much shorter version um that was adapted into uh twice once in 1970 into a german tv movie uh, and then the second time it was adapted was in 1983, the year after the Running Man novel came out. It was uh, adapted as a French movie. Um, 
So the movie that we see, The Running Man, is an adaptation, supposedly, of Stephen King's Rich, slash Richard Bachman's the, the Running Man. But in fact, <laughs> the script was changed drastically. But a large number of the changes are the 1983 adaptation of The Prize of Peril. So, Whoa. The Running Man was found to be plagiarist of the 1983 no adaptation of The Prize of Peril. So, that is a an incestuous, like, spider web there of, like, The Running Man book itself is largely just uh, an expansion of that original short story. That short story was adapted into a movie and then when The Running Man, the novel was adapted into a movie, they plagiarized the movie adaptation of the original short story that one could argue Stephen King essentially just ripped off. <laughs> what in the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That is wild. I had no idea. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I found, like, reading about all that, like, it, it, was, it was interesting because, like, all that's true and maybe you know i think it was a it was like 10 years after the movie came out that everything was settled like with the plagiarism uh lawsuit but the running man had impact itself like the american gladiators like one of the inspirations of the american gladiators was was the running man <laughs> So that show, no, two years you after can't this, tell. right? You know, uh, it's two years after the movie, you get the American Gladiators, which is you know runs for uh, I think like six seasons. It's a it's a cultural touchstone. A ton of people know about it. Uh, so you also you're saying get, this like, is once again people seeing a dystopian, apocalyptic, horrible landscape vision of what America could be in the future, and using it as an instruction manual, right? Exactly. Once a fucking again. Yeah, that for some reason happens here in this country. It's almost a like lot. every single one of those dystopias are just easily recognizable, like uh, like uh, descent into pure capitalism. Because when you descend into pure capitalism, all this stuff happens. Like, that's just how it works. I don't know, man. Yeah. Let's wait it out and see. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's just keep doing it and see if that's how it goes. Uh, yeah, but doing. yeah, like, th there's... There's so much uh, then, like, that takes inspiration from this movie. Uh, like, I would say Battle Royale definitely does. I don't know if, um, I don't know if uh, uh, the Hunger Games author definitely knew the running game, but I believe she did. Uh, mm. Those things are, seem very much, like, inspired in some way by, battle, or by um, uh, this movie, The Running Man, which is, as I said... Uh, plagiarized version of an adaptation of a short story so that 19 <laughs> that 1958 short story super influential without in without people really knowing it That's apparently interesting to me is that you can That's write something crazy. so fucking like interesting and like way ahead of its time to the point that it's not until like almost 30 years later that it gets recognized because somebody else rewrote it yeah, somebody copied the copy. That's right. fucking wild, man. And they, you know, put it on TV and named everybody uh, Laser and Blazer and Blaze and <laughs> Laser Blaze and Laser Blaze. Dude, <laughs> and I've been Nitro. meaning to watch that goddamn uh, American Gladiators documentary. Have you watched that yet? Uh, I watched the first two episodes uh, just last night, 
uh, because I, I really wanted to just remember, you know, everything that was going on back then with that show. And the, it, the first 13 episodes of that were so insanely brutal. Like, they were just <laughs> slamming each other on concrete floors. They didn't put down padding. They didn't have any fucking concept of what they were doing going into it. And they didn't, they didn't like call up professional wrestlers to be like, hey, what sort of safety precautions should we put in? They didn't train any of the American gladiators to do anything. They were just like, I don't know, uh, maybe if you swing on a rope at him on a platform, see how that works out. <laughs> oh, you like? Oh, you got a concussion and broke a bunch of ribs and shit. Oh, that's wild. This okay, is let's do it again. Absolutely fucking bonkers. I need to yeah. watch this. I mean, so these people right here just winging it, putting everyone's absolutely. health at fucking yeah. risk. Yeah, it was. It, it's it is insane because like they 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 we're talking about like. I think uh, Jim and I was an athlete, but all the others, uh, I mean, they were, they were athletes themselves, but they were mostly bodybuilder types. Yeah. Um, and, and they're not really like, you know, it, this isn't their thing. They, well, they haven't been training for years to be an American gladiator. They just looked good. And somebody was like, yeah, I guess you could uh, beat the hell out of a common person who walks in here. <laughs> Could you stop a person from getting into this ring? Try. <laughs> Try. <laughs> That's it. Okay, good. All Great. Right. You broke his leg? Awesome. That's wonderful. Well, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, it, man. It's wild. But, like, that. that's the thing is that, like, it's so weird how often we do that, where we take a dystopian thing and some some idiot some producer some uh, tech guy or whatever is just like yeah that's great yeah we're creating this new ai we call it skynet what if we do what's wrong with that i don't understand (laughs) (laughs) it's like they just started terminator and they're like oh skynet oh interesting and then they hit stop and made it and then didn't watch the rest (laughs) of the movie they're like it does what huh (laughs) wait a second it's It's running amok (laughs) Jesus, man! No, it really is. It, it do be like that, though. You it know? does, it do yeah, be like yeah, that. yeah. So, like, but that, that was also at the time. Like, this is kind of this movie. It, it's it's you know it's predictive in some ways, but a lot of what it's uh, reflecting is actual. You know, like uh, crash TV that's going on there in the mid to late '80s, where hmm. you're seeing a lot of violence. You're seeing a lot of like Morton Downey Jr. type talk shows where he's showing like you know uh skinheads and white supremacists and like just this would be like the the predecessor to the springer age that we got in the late 90s yeah yeah exactly so yeah basically what you're seeing is people putting a lot of ugliness on tv in some ways like they're trying to they're trying to really get people's attention by you know uh showing them something they've never seen before that's going to shock them uh and so this the running man is just like hey yeah well i guess after a long time of doing that people would want more and more shocking things which guess what that turned out to be true yeah yeah (laughs) and it would get to the point where they would want to see murder on television we haven't gotten there yet i mean that's the thing man it's like as as bonkers as it is to talk about this in this declining society to have these you know, television programs that are so fucking violent and brutal and insane that people would watch them. But then we, we, you know, rewind back 
to literally just the Coliseum days where people weren't watching violence right. and murder on TV. They were in the yeah. stands just like watching people get fucking murdered by right. other humans or animals or people or torturing and killing animals. people apart and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it, like we already did that, dude. Like mm-hmm. we've already been that bad. Like there's yeah. nothing to stop us from doing it again. We've already done it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that, like, you know, we <laughs> we know truths about humanity, and uh, it, it really is, like, if you're trying to capitalize, like if you are a capitalist, if you are trying to capitalize, <laughs> uh, uh, leaning into the worst instincts of humanity will probably make you the most money. Um, it's almost like that would work, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and so that that's kind of why all of these dystopian movies about uh Reaganomics about basically un, unfettered capitalism what they always see is that well, I guess if, you know, if there was nothing stopping TV producers from showing murder on TV, they'd do it. It would happen. Yeah. They'd and people do would it. watch it. And people would watch it. So yeah. Especially yeah, I mean, if they were vilifying the people that were getting murdered, as they are right. in this, too. Yes, yes. All and, and it's so easy, too. Like, they bring in Maria Cachita Alonso, and they're just like, yeah, she uh, cheated on some tests in college, and she had sex with, like, two or three guys a year. So, Oh, my God. She should killer. die. And, and, yeah, and people just agree. They're like, yeah, 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 kill her. Because huh? cool. that's the thing. They can't even admit to the fact that she's on the show because she found this deep fake fake news tape of that massacre they just have to find some other way to vilify her and they don't even go for like oh she fucking drowned a baby in a bathtub they're like uh she's kind of a slut and she cheated on a test and people like hell yeah get her in the arena that's all it takes it it was like reach hard for her story as to why she's on there it was something i didn't remember like what they said about her and when they said it like my mind completed uh, when they said two, sometimes three, and I was like, oh, so she had sex with two, sometimes three men at a time in a year. In, in a, a year. year? So? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Within the Even span two of a year. At a time, oh, my like, God. Get it, girl. But fucking in a year. Like, it, but it, it also, like, it hit me. It was like, yeah, that for your average person to hear something like that, a lot of people are fucking prudish. They're going well, here's to the be thing. like, oh, what a terrible person. And she's a woman, so of course you're not supposed to be having yeah. sex. Yuck, right? And from what it shows us, which again, this is just wildly predictive, considering this movie takes place in 2017, what it shows us is that the majority of the audience that is there to watch the show and enjoys this spectacle and participates in it a lot of them are shown as being old people that are in their 70s or so, which Uh is to say boomers. Uh It's like this movie is calling the writing on the wall that it's like, well, yeah, boomers would support this kind of thing in their old age. They would support a you know, promiscuous woman that mm-hmm. has sex with two to three people a year being thrown right. to the fucking gladiators for her crimes against humanity. Like, I love that they specifically show that it's the old people that are getting behind well, this so much. I mean, there's young people too, obviously, but like they make a point to showcase 
the boomers love this shit. Yeah, and and that's uh, again that, that this is boomers commenting on boomers as well. Like the the yeah, people making no the comment are looking at their own generation in the eighties, looking at them overwhelmingly voting in Reagan twice and seeing what a fucking evil piece of shit he was and just saying like my generation's fucked like these yeah, people no fucking doubt. suck yeah no doubt man and these are the exact same fucking boomers that within our lifetime you know we saw good you know moral church going people get behind fucking Trump when he was inciting violence calling for people just to fucking get you know the shit beat out of him at his rallies and shit, yeah. and they mm-hmm. loved it. They loved the fucking violence, man. And there's, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, behind that. I mean, part of it is they were raised by a generation of shell shocked, yeah. you know, people that had been through some insanely horrific shit, the worst shit no that humanity's yeah. ever endured. Yeah, yeah, that had no help. This is before yeah. the age of mental help, before we knew what fucking PTSD was. They were raised right. by extremely damaged people. And then the longer I live and the more I learn about it, the more I think there is validity to the lead poisoning theory. Yeah, absolutely. Look that shit up if you have. And again, I, I yeah. don't at all feel like this is fucking Jesse Ventura conspiracy hour. I think there is valid thought. Yeah, absolutely. Behind there the conspiracy, uh, or not conspiracy, yeah. the, the, um, the, the lead poisoning theory yeah. and how it has affected baby boomers who have essentially been lead poisoned their entire lives. Right, yeah. Um, and, uh, it's and I, startling. I think that um, this... Yeah, this is that exactly that. Like putting all the old people in the audience is saying, well, yeah, the people who are voting in Reagan right now, they're in 2017, 2019, they're going to be yeah. older people. Old and mean. And they're going to be mean as fuck. It's only going to yep. get worse, right? You know, yep. and, and and that's exactly what it is. Like, and, and they, the thing is, they don't, they show that they're amoral about it entirely when they start cheering for uh, Ben. Because they don't yeah. know that he didn't commit that, uh, you know, atrocious assault on on civilians. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. They do get behind the the quote bad guy who we right. know is a good guy, but as far as they know, he is still a civilian murdering bad guy, and they right. start rooting for him. Fuck, yeah, I didn't thought care. about that. Yeah, they're just rooting for the guy who's fucking murdering the murderist. Yep, they love to see death. So, yeah, it it it, it really is like uh, this is this whole entire movie is uh, a critique on on Reagan and critique on on uh, the baby boomer like mentality of the of the time that people just saw like you know so many uh, brilliant writers and and directors of the time seemed to see the writing on the wall and exactly where it was going. But then we also have the fact that, like, in between all that stuff, you've got um, you, you've got guys like Dynamo, who I would I would say the best description of Dynamo that I could come up with was um, he's a he's an opera singing bear dressed like a disco unicorn who shoots out <laughs> electrical shocks. I was going to say, are you talking about Light Bright Opera Man with uh-huh. his Palpatine lightning? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so in between all that other commentary, there's just silly dudes dressed in crazy stuff trying to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's making little quips about killing them. And, and it's like, it seems, it seems like so uneven in some ways, but it seems perfect to me. Because it feels like 
so many of the movies the dystopian movies that that were trying to make the the commentary uh against reaganomics and whatnot they're the movies that like were aimed at the audiences that voted for reagan like these are big action movies with big yeah, explosions and big silly moments i want to see an unstoppable cop hell yeah yeah exactly and and then you you it's like a swerve you know you bring them in you give them all that but then you're also like and right and fucking corporations are evil right and if they could get away with this shit they would right 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 like you're just right? like are you trying to it? Are you get it saying? into their heads like hey can you see and unfortunately no they couldn't because they'll no. still look back <laughs> and be like man i love robocop and still support the police <laughs> and it's like well, yeah, how yeah. how do you love robocop what, how? Do you, do you, what do you mean do you just like the guy well, getting dude, shot in the dick like the fucking current generation of fucking meatheads that are our age that have a thin blue line fucking punisher right. sticker on their right. truck and they're like <laughs> the, the punisher dumbest. kills cops are you an yeah. idiot <laughs> are you not seeing this oh no he kills bad guys with guns i like him i, I, I like that. gun you take gun you kill yeah. bad guy that good he does that i do that we are the same. This Man. movie does a really good job of foreseeing the ways propaganda would be used. Specifically, oh, as yeah. you said, deep fakes and like uh, you know, using AI to create completely fabricated scenarios. And, and this this like they set up in the opening crawl that this is a world where they've gotten rid of arts and music and, and culture and stuff. So like literally the only shows they would have would be reality shows like all right. they have are game shows creativity yeah there's there's nothing there's no one there to come up with interesting fun stories to tell mm-hmm. and so all they have to go fall back on is just watching this created false drama and i'm just saying how like life this how is like life this <laughs> is when we've discouraged I, creativity to the point where people will just entertain themselves with falsely created drama. Yeah. Listen, it's like that's that's happening. That's done. It, We're doing it's it. Happening. Right now. We're it fucking is happening. Doing it. We are We're in it. Yeah. getting closer and closer to to something that feels like I I don't know. I mean, you know, Squid Game came out during the the pandemic and people, you know, rightfully were like, "Wow, you know, this is uh, you know how like life this is uh and no then kidding. not not long after it's like oh, okay so we're gonna do squid game the game like it's a, it's a game now you can do it it's oh, like, dude, wait, it's like what? people that started their own fight clubs like right, so exactly. people that like burnt themselves with lie and started <laughs> yeah. fight clubs and it's like god damn it you're, you're missing the point fuck yeah. didn't get it at all like yeah this isn't an instruction manual guys <laughs> fuck oh yeah. my god man jesus yeah. dude yeah it's pretty wild man that's how that's how our you know arnie ends up in prison with the you know the the uh, disobeying of orders how he ends up the public enemy with the 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 deep fakes and the the cover-up story it's you know a a state with with nothing but enemies you know it's it's a terrible way to live and I, i think this movie highlights some of that but also as I said, this movie just gets silly a lot of the time. Oh, dude. And I'm telling you, as soon as the movie kicks off, 
it immediately welcomed me into its loving bosom with some fucking synthesizer ass yes. soundtrack and it's those so 80s good. ass fucking Nintendo graphics yes. of the running man and shit. Uh-huh. God damn. And even like the the color and the font when it's giving us the message about the year is 2017 <laughs> in the future and all this yeah. shit. Like immediately I was like, I am fucking on board with this movie. Just with those things alone. Very like carpenter-esque intro honestly with yes. the synth soundtrack and stuff which you know yeah. i'm a sucker for yeah and, and i i think like uh i did he he wasn't even like considered for directing this but i think carpenter could have done this movie and it could have been i not that i don't like the way the movie looks and and you know the aesthetic that they went with um, I do think uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger said that, like, you know, because they, they went through, like, a, a few different, like, directors, including Panos Cosmatos' dad. Um, but they... they uh, no they, shit. Yeah, yeah, they considered him. And he was actually, like, you know, I think the first the first director they really considered. Whoa. Uh, but he wanted to set the, the entire thing in a mall, which was kind of a, a deal breaker for the, the producers. Hmm. Um, but... I think yeah. If you brought in somebody like John Carpenter, who has who has a definite vision, that could have improved some of the aesthetic. Because for me, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger said it, but I, I kind of see it. He says that it, it feels it feels like it's shot by somebody who shoots TV because that the director well, was yeah. largely a TV director. Well, it and does. also too, it feels like something that shot in 1987. Like there's right. nothing about this yeah. that screams future. Like the right. The clothes, the cars, everything doesn't feel like I think, the future, church, yeah. church, church. It feels like yeah. 1987, 777. <laughs> but I think that can be explained away if you accept that they got rid of the artists and stuff. Like, how are you going to yeah, get new okay. fashions? If you don't have any fashion designers, your fashion's just going to be the same thing over and over and over. Artists aren't designing new cars. Creativity right. is dead. Yeah. 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 Honestly, yeah. that that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, because if... If you know humanity peaked at Reagan era America, let's not yeah. move on. Let's stay right, right yeah. here. Let's not exactly. change. Exactly. Yeah. So, that works. I, I, I think but also that's too, like excusable. there's there's just the appeal of that '80s future tech thing. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that love the you know '50s retro future kind of aesthetic, and yeah, uh-huh. I love I love '80s future. It's just so fun and so goofy yeah. and. You know, it, it's one of those things that the further you get away from it, the limitation becomes the appeal. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. so I'm a, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah, I I mean like some of the stuff like the little like uh, memory things that she sees that have like the videos on them, not yeah, far yeah. off from a uh, from like a you know a, a little uh, what you call it, fl- uh, flash drive USB thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, yeah. man. Yeah, it does crack me up though that even in this like glorious feature uh, future when you go in your home and you tell it to make you coffee and toast and all that shit. You're still doing your workout tape on like a little 13 inch TV. Like they did not see, you know, yeah. within our lifetimes that it's like, oh no, everybody has like a fucking 50 inch TV now, right? Yeah. Nobody has a fucking 13 inch, 17 inch TV anymore. Well, I, I think, I, okay, so like Blade Runner, for instance, Blade Runner did kind of foresee that, yeah, screens will be everywhere, you know? And like, yes. I think like by the time you get into the late '90s and early 2000s, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah screens are going to be everywhere. But like, well, that, that's Fahrenheit Fahrenheit 451 stuff too. They he yeah. predicted that in that book as well. Absolutely, but yeah, like uh, you're right. Like a lot of the '80s just kind of went with the current aesthetic. Maybe funked it up a little bit, but not too much. 
Right. And, and I like that a lot. That is a really cool uh, a feel and aesthetic to it. I personally like any movie where we get to see Arnie carrying a big beam on his shoulder like he does in that camp when he's rocking that badass beard. Why doesn't Arnie have a beard more, dude? He looks awesome. I don't know. I mean, he also does the, 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 uh, he carries that big log in commando. That's just kind of like yes. his thing. He's like, carrying yeah, a pick big up thing a big on thing shoulder. and carry it. <laughs> just a big thing, dude. Put it up yeah. on them fucking pythons, man. Although his pythons had shrunk a little bit in this movie due to like a back injury that he had where he couldn't work out for a while. So, yeah. I mean, he's still fucking gargantuan as shit in this, but he's not. I- inhumanly large right. like he is in like predators i i think we all uh, immediately recognize his puny little 17 inch biceps <laughs> yeah oh my god than his right? normal 21 inch biceps yeah <laughs> you can notice that four inch difference a mile uh-huh. away yeah for fucking sure now nah, he he looks absolutely incredible in this but i'll tell you what's funny about arnie's physique in this he is the third biggest person in this movie it's true, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Jesse Ventura is six five, almost three hundred pounds, just gigantic, Huge. dude. Yeah, uh, and dude, in who, scenes in this where you have Arnie and Yafet Koto standing yeah. next to each other, Yafet yeah. Koto fucking dwarfs him. He is that taller guy than is him. Uh-huh. Huge. I yeah, had no idea. Yeah. Uh, also, Sven, the 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 um, uh, security guard guy that's in okay. A lot hang of the on. Scenes, yeah. Get his name right. Lafour's from Mallrats. LaForce. <laughs> Sorry, LaForce from All Rats. <laughs> it took me, dude, like several days after I watched this movie before I figured out who the fuck he was. Him standing there mean mugging as yeah. uh, Richard Dawson's security guard this entire time and barely speaking and stuff. I was like, man, I, I know this guy from something. And like I casually, <laughs> you know, scrolled for five seconds through his IMDb and I was like, he's in a lot of stuff. He was in like gladiator and all kinds of shit yeah mm-hmm. and i stopped scrolling right before i got to fucking mall rats and i would have been like god <laughs> it's fucking goddamn lafors dude that's who he is <laughs> blew is. my mind yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of really big dudes in this i mean even uh sub-zero toru tanaka like he's a Huge. professional wrestler giant guy but buzz saw that dude's so big like and it's interesting yeah to have because like as I said, the original, uh, the, the, the running man novel, the original guy is more of an everyman. And originally they had Christopher Reeves as like the guy they were, oh. they were thinking of going with to, to play this more everyman role. So to have Arnold at his smallest, probably his smallest he's ever been in a movie is, is his closest approximation to an everyman character. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's still carrying steel girders like they're nothing, but it's the smallest he's ever been. Normal you guy. You get to see him in the tropical shirt and the Panama hat and stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> I love it. There's a few things about the idea of him being, you know, asked to be on the show that crack me up. I mean, for one, the idea that Richard Dawson would see a guy with this kind of physique. Uh-huh. And be like, oh yeah, we should totally get him murdered on our show. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about, man? He's gonna kill everybody. Look at the yeah. fucking guy. Now somebody yeah. like Weiss, yeah, get get Weiss on the show for sure. Well, that's you know, the put thing, Egghead though, in here. Is he says because they they like showed him like uh, one guy and he was like he was you know he's like a hundred and fifty pound weakling. Like he wants yeah. them to have more competition. And when the first stalker dies, like. 
his i mean the the student like the the i guess higher ups are calling him and he's like well it had to happen eventually like he well all him, he cares about is ratings too it shows yeah. earlier where they're like ratings haven't declined but they've definitely plateaued and he's like well we got to yeah. do something so he doesn't yeah. even care that yeah the the stalkers are getting murdered it equals yeah. ratings so he doesn't fucking care yeah and that's i mean that's that's kind of like the 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 thing that like uh keeps setting jesse ventura off because he's this like classic stalker type he was you know 10 years ago he was the captain man freedom. captain freedom and to him he talks about it being more about like honor and stuff and killian sees it as entertainment and it is tv and it is about exploiting uh you know people's uh, emotions and feelings to keep them going uh, yep. and watching this thing and that's you know that's their sort of conflict and what kind of makes uh jesse ventura end up uh just pissed off and, and leaving i do wish there were more of a like resolution to that because they really set up there was something going on like I maybe know, captain right? freedom was gonna like get pissed off and turn on him but then yeah. there just nothing happens with it but yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, I i liked that element to it that like clearly the stalkers are sold a different thing like they they really do seem to believe in this like uh whenever jim brown's character uh the guy fireball. with the flamethrower fireball yeah it, whenever he like sees um w- you know one of the the guys get killed he's like devastated and he, he like it shows him a couple times and like in, like you know quick shots where he's like oh, come on my brother or whatever you know like he's yeah. really supporting these stalkers camaraderie and it seems yeah. like they've been sold this bill of goods where they're this like they're this force that's really helping people by uh killing these evil individuals but uh uh captain freedom he's seeing the behind the scenes and seeing that like wait a second this guy might not be evil at all <laughs> like yeah right? he's kind of questioning and also mad about the fact that he's not getting to go in like I don't know, I, I I thought all that little like background story needed some closure and and didn't really get it, but I I did like it. It was entertaining. I mean Jesse Ventura, uh, <laughs> like those workout videos and stuff. It's oh my god, I so love funny. the workout videos so <laughs> yeah. much, man. Jesse Ventura is, I mean, uh, you know, obviously he's done some crazy shit in real life for but, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, damn man, he's he's awesome. And you know, I was talking recently on the show about how I was listening to the. Uh, the behind the bastards episode right about vince mcmahon uh-huh piece of shit and there's a huge section in there about how like jesse ventura like really spearheaded this idea to get a union movement going to get these guys fucking health benefits and shit yep that's why his career stalled yeah you're right it's like because because he saw like after he started acting and stuff he started seeing like oh there's like an actor's union and it takes care of us wow everybody yeah. should have that <laughs> yeah and <laughs> imagine he, he, that that's that's like um you know it it really like um it's interesting like the more you look into jesse ventura the more it's like you know you find things where you're like oh okay he's he's really switched on and then other things where you're like i don't know about that jesse (laughs) yeah (laughs) not so sure anyway yeah he's he's an interesting dude but yeah that that whole and that's something I, I really wish uh, that they would cover in Dark Side of the Ring is just like the yeah, for real. the rampant uh, uh, abuse of because they they cover it kind of all the time with each individual yeah. story. 
but just a, a bit a big episode just covering the rampant abuse by promoters of wrestlers and not not providing them with with medical care and stuff like that because it it, it has improved i don't know it, that it has improved to the level it should but it certainly has improved but that yeah the this is a time where it, it was real rough and honestly like that's something that we I wanted to talk about with this is is the similarity of this to pro wrestling like you know they got the character types and they're really like playing up the emotionality and whatnot I mean we, we <laughs> again Dynamo sings opera <laughs> like he it's it's so much like a a Vince McMahon type of character where he'd be like all right this guy's a evil opera singer <laughs> okay <laughs> very much right yeah all right then why uh, okay because he can but, do it that's why but also the way that they, uh, you know, they sell a fake reality, like they're selling yeah. a false reality, uh, even even up to the point of doing the deep fake video of Captain, uh, fuck, what's his name again? Captain Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Captain Freedom killing uh, Maria Kachita, Alonzo, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, like, that... It, 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 it's almost like uh, one of the wrestlers refused to do the ending they wanted to do, so they were like, we'll just fucking AI it. <laughs> we'll yeah, just, we'll which just is coming. That's fucking yeah, coming, Oh, that's dude. absolutely coming. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's I, I'm really sure. wild. Yeah, I, I, that, again, like, th- this movie, even if we, if we had done it a year or two ago, I probably still wouldn't have gotten how insanely, like, ahead it seems to be like oh, yeah. it really is dealing with the deep fake and ai sort of like inevitability that had to have been in minds back then when they were like you know uh you know starting to work on computers and starting to see what computers could do there there had to be in a lot of writers minds like shit this thing's going to take my job one day <laughs> Which is impressive to see that, you know, people were thinking that far ahead of the game to think, like, yeah. what eventually could this do? It, it makes yeah. me worry now to think, like, man, what would, like, Ray Bradbury say, you know, right now about, like, data mining and deep yeah. fake technology and even, I mean, goddamn, dude, like, I'm sure you saw this stuff about Zoom. Fuck Zoom, by the way. Wait, what's going uh, on with Zoom? Dude, there's some, like, crazy, crazy shit you need to look up about using okay. Zoom, where okay. basically they're just taking the rights to use anybody who's using their service and monitor their calls to use it to train their AI. What and the fuck? When you agree to their terms of service, it's like for all fucking eternity, where it's like, yeah, we can just use anything of yours that you're doing on here for anything we want to. It's bad. It's like Holy what we fucking shit. dude. Look it up, man. I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm exaggerating. Yeah, no, I see it. A I see bit, it so right I just now. Encourage yeah. you to look it up. That's uh, it's fucked up. Don't use it. Holy Zoom. shit. Uh, okay. But I, I do, I do wonder, you know, cause I can only see like right now in the present. I'm like, wow, that could be bad. They could use that for bad stuff. But what would somebody with an incredible sci-fi mind, you know, like Ray Bradbury, what would he be mm. saying about where this technology could go? Um, well, I, I, I love think, that this movie is kind of already seeing into it. Yeah. And I, and I do think that, uh, you know, even though some people would say it's 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 gone downhill. Some black Black Mirror has been oh man uh, yeah. an excellent uh, educational tool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I think though that like yeah, this this is just like we said with RoboCop, just so 
so like i mean you know they're doing over the top they're pushing it a little further than than we have gotten but the the signs along the way are all there you know everything that you see in these movies is like either something that has happened or is in the works and it's yeah. i mean i not not i don't think there's anybody currently working on a murder show but maybe who knows maybe yeah who knows man <laughs> Jeez, you know this is yet another movie that continues to impress me with just the the overall absolutely staggering amount of Ar- uh, Arnie charisma that he pre- yeah. possesses yeah. where it's like, we're not even going to give a fuck about why he has a strong Austrian accent. <laughs> Who cares? Yep. His name, what's his name yep. in this? Ben Richardson or something? Uh-huh. Richards? What's the last name? I can't ben remember. Ben Richardson. And, and he's yeah. Spe- yeah, he just has an Austrian accent. But he Nobody was cares. A, he was a police officer in L.A., I guess. So, I guess. Yeah. Nobody cares. A- Maybe it's an exchange program thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I love that this is one of those things that we've all lived with our entire life. We're like, in jingle all the way. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. How did we you celebrate Christmas accent. in Austria, Dad? <laughs> like, nah, just ignore it. It's fucking no. Arnie. This is how he talks. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, yeah, I will say, though, honestly, like in terms of already a weak point in this movie, considering we do have all these you know, mega badasses and stuff on staff in this flick. I think we didn't have a very good fight choreographer because even some of those fights yeah. that break out, like at the camp and the prison breakout and all that shit. Yeah, the fights are are pretty pretty tame. They're pretty yeah, they weak. Are. Like the, they the are. punches landing and stuff don't look like they're really connecting at all. It kind of looks like they were just like, okay, now we got the cameras running. Now fight, fellas, and you fall down. And that's about all that they had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. It, it's it's not it's not up to snuff for sure. Like they they had to rely very much on the you know, building of the personas and them using weapons because yeah, the moment they start actually having some sort of tussle, it yeah, it looks like they have no idea what they're intended to hey, do. But here's the thing. Maybe this just goes super sloppy double deep, and it doesn't want <laughs> us, the viewer, to be titillated by violence the way that viewers of The Running Man are, you know? Maybe they right. did it on purpose. Right, okay. It's uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so just like people trying to explain away why the fight choreography in that last Matrix movie fucking sucks it's not because it's a piece of shit movie i haven't seen that yet. oh my god no it's a piece of shit movie it's fucking horrible so yeah the the, the fight scenes are kind of weak but we do get a good head explode it's great holy shit that head it's explosion good. like i i had to go back and and just look at it again to just see if i could figure out i'm assuming what it is is like they've built you know the shoulders up over mm-hmm. a shorter person and also put them in lifts maybe and so they put it, the waistband of the uniform in an unusual yeah. place where it looks like it's not built but up it overhead looks so it looked like a guy running good. and his head blew up yeah <laughs> yes it looked like uh, they blew up a person's head <laughs> and i, was I love just, it as a kid i i really could not comprehend how they did that but now as an adult i, I get the idea but it still looks so good but you got to get that damn head explode collar taken off by none other than goddamn Mick Fleetwood. Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> That's right. He, oh, my God, man. Buddy, I'll tell you what. He does a pretty good job. And I think he's just he playing himself. 
I think he's I supposed think to be so Mick too. Fleetwood. Yeah. Because, yeah, his, his name is Mick. Yeah. And he uh-huh. talks about how, like, they took his songs away. Right. It's like, yeah. okay, so I guess you are just the drummer of Fleetwood Mac. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And he... Um, Lovely diction. Love his accent. Yeah. He's doing a good job. And uh, you also got Dweezil Zappa in there. As, as He's assisted, assisted by my, yeah. my buddy Dweezil Zappa, who I'm very... Yeah proud to call a friend man That's it was amazing cool, yeah. to see him in here as as a younger man man as a son yeah. of a central scrutinizer himself i i think that um uh you know uh they they definitely like there's a there's a with the casting there's definitely a philosophy that seems to be like get people from all avenues of popularity so like you've got some musicians you've got professional wrestlers you've got bodybuilders you've got uh jim brown football player like entertainers is what you're talking about yeah entertainers, entertainers. creators exactly they've they've oh. got all these people in to to like represent this dystopia without the creators and whatnot and i like that i like like um you know, I mean, you got an opera singer in here. He was also a yeah. professional wrestler, but he was, in fact, an opera singer. He sang yeah, in real that. life. That's him singing yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And I think it's no coincidence that they got Dweezil in here as well. I mean, obviously, um, you know, his dad, Frank, was extremely, extremely critical of uh, Reagan-era America and right. the media and television and entertainment. And they, this is like super deep cut Zappa shit, but they also have Dweezil say the line, don't touch that dial, which is a uh-huh. line from fucking I'm the Slime by Frank okay. Zappa. Okay. Which seems relevant. Like that's all very on point. They meant for it to be that way to me. Yeah. Whenever he said it, I was like, that seemed to mean something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, obviously it is a thing that was like, you know, said on said, TV, yeah. but it seemed like it meant more than that. Uh, yeah, if you had and, Weasel Zappa saying it, yeah, probably. Yeah, they also had Mick Fleetwood say uh, uh, that line from from Star Trek, and of course nobody gets it because that stuff's all been banned or whatever. But he's a huge uh, Star Trek fan, and, and then like two years after this, he got to be in a Star Trek movie. So that's sick. Cool. Yeah, that was kind of a theme that I saw in here between uh, him making that reference and it being lost, and then also Richard Dawson is also always talk about Gilligan's Island and stuff and nobody gets it. It's like how quick we are to forget the thing that used to be a milestone because we're always entertained by the newest, brightest, shiniest thing that is coming out. I think that that was very intentional as well. That, that also like whenever I I would say like with, uh, Star Trek at the time it made sense because, uh, this was in production before, Star Trek The Next Generation was in production. So Star Trek was just the 60s show. The idea that it would be lost at, uh, you know, by 2017 made sense. But it just mm. so happened that The Next Generation then came out and then Star Trek is even bigger than it ever was. Um, but, uh, yeah, also, it, you know, we've lived through 2017 through 2019. I would absolutely believe at any point in those years, if you said to a 20-year-old or something, Gilligan's Island, it's very possible they wouldn't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, one thing, we were talking about Arnie's physique and stuff in this, but one thing I got to say that's kind of interesting is considering this came out the same year as Predator, which is fucking badass, flawless, amazing. Um Arnie's acting in this is nowhere near as good as he was in Predator. Like, he's okay, and maybe it's because in Predator he's playing kind of a one-note, just fucking badass killing machine character. But in this movie, 
I don't feel like his acting is anywhere near as good as what we saw from him the same year. I mean, four months earlier in theaters in Predator. Well, Do you okay, feel that way? So, yeah, and I would say I think the reason is, as you just said, in Predator, he's playing this like badass, take charge, leader type of character uh, in this like high, uh, like high testosterone environment with a bunch of other people who are all you know in in a in a team together and i feel like arnold schwarzenegger knows that character he understands Mm. that character Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this character is a guy who's only out for himself throughout most of the film like he he understands there's a revolution he understands it's good he doesn't want to be a part of it he's not interested uh he's he's just trying to look out for himself and i feel like arnold doesn't connect with that character it's Mm -hmm. he's an anti-hero and i feel like arnold eventually gets better at playing that character because we see it in t2 uh but he's still playing he's still playing really like wooden there because he's supposed to in this it's like he doesn't know how to be this person right so it's it's just not as good yeah and don't get me wrong he's got moments in here that are like all-time fucking heavy hitter arnold quips i mean the, oh, the fucking sure. part where he's he's talking to richard dawson about i hope you left some room in your stomach for that contract so that's one of my all-time maybe my all-time favorite arnie quote i know it's butchered it's it, great. but like oh my god it's the fucking greatest and of course all of his little one-liner zings he gives to everybody uh after he decimates him he had to split like, <laughs> oh my god split. man yeah i wrote down all of his one-liners because i too. loved them they're all so good he he really did like he he was bringing that mr freeze energy in this movie and i feel like this is the first one where he gets to be arnold the quipster mm-hmm. like yeah. he does it some in commando it's not really big in predator with except for the you know uh you're one ugly son of a bitch or whatever son of a bitch yeah Yeah. but there yeah there's 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 so much more quipping here and it becomes kind of his thing after this i feel like like this solidifies him as the quipster it also really solidifies that he's a sci-fi guy like sci-fi action movie probably want to call arnold uh no doubt yeah, this movie like he, it's it's a movie that he he likes. He does very much like enjoy his work in this. Uh but I I think that maybe it's overlooked a lot by, you know, when people are talking about the greatest Arnold films because as you said, his performance isn't as good as it is in some other movies. So there's other movies that aren't as good as this movie where Arnold's a lot better. Yeah, I feel totally. like this movie is good his performance isn't great but i feel like it balances out because i i'm not mad about his performance in this at all because when once it gets to the quipping once it gets to the the silly moments he he's really shining dude i'll tell you what else is shining is that goddamn soundtrack every time that it plays that theme that's the uh-huh. da, 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 the it's little so ascending theme yeah uh-huh. oh my god like every time it was on i was like god damn this soundtrack is fucking amazing i didn't even look up who did it but i love that theme so much it's so memorable and so eerie but like slightly hopeful um there's even some weird like music theory stuff going on 
with that theme where it's walking up. I think it's like walking up like a melodic minor scale, which the way that that theme ends is on like the most tense note you can have in a scale, which is like mm. basically the, the, the seven. It's okay. just kind of sitting on the seven, but then the chord changes so that that seven that should be so tense sounding now sounds kind of nice. Okay. And that's even kind of reflective of like these things that are going to happen in the future that should be upsetting, but you're going to change the chord behind it. So it seems like it's kind of okay now. Like there's oh. a lot of thought going on in that soundtrack and I really appreciate it, but I didn't even look up who did it. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you that it is in fact Harold Faltermeyer, the creator of, of the Axel F theme. What? And he also composed the the Top Gun anthem for for Top Gun. And he's done a ton for of other reason, things. I thought Yan Hammer did the Axel F theme, but that's this guy. It's this guy. What a badass. So, yeah. That rules, man. I uh, yeah, I think that like one of the things that really hit me about it is it sounds like Twin Peaks. It sounds like Angelo Badalamenti. Yes. Uh, and, yes, and dude. That's it's a melodic minor scale. It's that scale, yeah. dude. It's such an interesting thing to have in an action movie, but it, it it works with the dystopian moments, but then it's still there in the other moments. Like when they're walking through the airport and he's in that, as I said, tropical shirt and uh, Tropicana hat or Panama hat and just fucking looking so out of place and whatnot. And it's playing and it's like it shouldn't work but it works it works perfectly yeah yep. i i really enjoy uh the music in the, in this film and i also like that like song over the end too that kind of like dude holy <laughs> shit it got to that and i was like is this stan bush because this is big time it motivation. sounds like it right yeah <laughs> apparently it's not stan bush not, but no, uh it is motivating as all fucking shit, man. Yeah, this movie has two things in it that always work for me. Big guy in a Hawaiian shirt. Uh-huh. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Like huge ripped guys in leisure wear. Big fan. Uh-huh. Old people cussing. Always Great. Funny. Love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's the thing I wonder about, though. Like, I mean, considering, you know, our ladies are going to be old ladies one day. They still going to be cussing like a sailor. Is it going to be funny then? Yeah, when 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 like every every older woman cusses a lot, I think so. I think it's gonna be awesome. I mean, I grew up with a grandmother uh, who cusses her ass off, and it's great. It's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like your grandmother would have been one of those people on here being like, "He's a motherfucker," like that old lady on here. Absolutely, absolutely, she would. So good. Yeah, so good, man. I think we have to talk about one element of this that i think is 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 probably their most uh i i don't know like their their most uh uh, prescient moment and that Mm. is the use of barbed wire and razor wire okay ecw ecw yes remember when he throws uh maria cachito alonso like into the razor wire and she gets like all caught up in it and it's like brutal a sabu moment i was was thinking while i was watching i was like man this is a total funk sabu moment happening right here dude so the thing is that like there had been bar bar matches throughout the uh, like you know they kind of popped up in texas in the 60s and they had happened as stipulations throughout the 70s and 80s but uh it it wasn't until uh fmw and atsushi anita in the 
in the 90s that stuff like this would become really popular. And so I'm looking at the aesthetic of Running Man and wondering if Onita was watching this and thinking, that's what we need. We need Instructional this. tape. <laughs> yeah, and it becomes the fucking Japanese death matches. You might not be wrong. I mean, right. honestly, it's like like we said, people watch these dystopian movies and they're like taking notes for right. all the yeah. wrong fucking reasons. It very well could be that, right? Yeah. Wow, 100%. man. Well, you know, all future predictions in this that they got right, one that I think they completely missed the mark on entirely is the idea of an obviously fucking slimy, despicable sexually assaulting game show host becoming yeah. an incredibly important yeah. uh, figurehead in America. That's completely unrealistic. Yeah. Totally I mean, unrealistic. Richard Dawson, <laughs> come on, guys. Really? I think... Okay, so, you know, uh, from you know, they're, they're obviously presenting Richard Dawson as the opposite of his his uh you know a persona TV on persona, family feud yeah. though Which i did was disgusting uh, anyway <laughs> right i did read that uh, this the way he is in this movie uh p- reportedly people who worked with him were like yeah that's honestly how he is behind the scenes no so, yeah no way yeah. he wasn't a nice guy that that guy who was just like <laughs> fondling literally right. every woman on the show yeah, and kissing them on the mouth in front of their husbands on a game show for families yeah. not well, a nice guy uh yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're saying yes yeah but i i i think also you're what, what you're getting at is clearly there that like wow it's crazy that essentially this is this is trump right like this in oh a lot actually of ways. i hadn't even thought about that yeah no oh, you hadn't? <laughs> when, I was, when i was talking about that i hadn't considered it but now that you say it out loud yeah. um yeah he is a sexually assaulting former game show host right that rose to prominence and power in america i guess they are yeah. kind of similar now that you say it I guess so. Huh. I guess so. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think like, um, you know, it, it, it uh, isn't intentional entirely there because Trump ha- wasn't a game show host at this point. And it, it, it really is just kind of a, you know, this is the uber capitalist who could charm America somehow. Uh, but I, it, it is, it's there. That's the thing is like, when you see this and you're like a 2017 through 2019 prominent game show host who who sucks is is looked up to by these Americans who want violence and they see everyone else as criminal etc. It, it, it's all there. It, it's it's it, it's indisputably there. It it's just so interesting that like. I don't know. We've talked about this so many goddamn times that the prediction of Trump was always there. Written on the like, wall. I mean, it, it was, was written on the wall. Hidden yeah. in plain sight, man. Like, yeah. Not even hidden. It's just like, yeah, they were calling it yeah. the I mean, entire we, fucking know, time. We haven't covered Back to the Future 2, but Back to the Future 2, Biff, yeah. very much yeah. is, is Trump. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it was, there was always there was always that there. And that's because he had said, even back in the 80s, that he was... But considering running for president so like yeah. it's not like these things are out of nowhere like somebody just pulled out of the sky these things but it's so interesting that it kind of played out in similar ways as this movie saw it oh yeah yeah definitely so man it's uh it's very 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 fucking crazy and i love the way that this universe ties it up where 
you know, these people aren't just on this game show as a form of punishment. They are on there to win the opportunity for a fair trial. They are right. talking to the right. Department of Justice Entertainment Division. Right. And mm-hmm. like justice and entertainment have become intertwined um which, which again is seen that we're yeah. already there yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly man like people watching fucking these life and death trials like their entertainment yeah. and yeah again we're we're already there we've been there for a while actually right, we yeah. love that fucking shit man i mean the entire true crime industry really thrives well, on it i'm so glad you mentioned this because i almost forgot to talk about this moment and it is it has to be talked about it's the moment when they're leading um they're leading arnold schwarzenegger into the arena and he sees maria kachita alonzo talking to that lady and there's that tense moment you know where he's looking at her because she turned him in etc and it it gets interesting i don't know if you noticed this but the lady said Okay, she's talking about the uh, Arnold, and he says, "Boy, she says, boy, you're lucky he didn't kill you too, or yeah. rape you and kill you, or, or kill, kill you, then, you rape you, then rape you. I mean, a guy yeah. like that, what would stop him? And she's yeah. into it the entire she time is, she's yes. talking. She's into what she's saying. It is very yes. much a true crime type of thing where it's like." She's imagining all the worst things, and she's like, yeah, yeah, that would be Into great. It. Like, that'd be so cool if that had happened, Woof. you know? Yeah. Woof. Yeah, I did notice that. That was an odd beat. <laughs> yeah, another thing, a little weird moment, maybe. I don't know if you noticed. Early in the movie, they're looking for potential uh, criminals to use on the show, and one of the criminals is a baby. <laughs> yeah, there is a baby. It's yes, a ba- there it's is. A- Full on, it's baby. a baby. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> An- another little wild thing you may not have noticed. Uh, Lynn Shay makes an appearance in this movie, as she does in like every movie. Apparently, what? She, Where's yeah, she? She. There's a short scene in the first like montage of dancing. You know, they're showing like the yeah, dancers, the Paula Abdul choreographed yeah. dancing. Yeah, and they're cut. They're cutting to like you know different things of people like coming into the arena or people behind the scenes doing stuff. It's one of the shots of people behind the scenes. She says something, and you you can see her from like you know three quarter turn from the back, but you can tell it's Lynn Shay, uh, and it is it's Lynn Shay. So yeah, it's, it's always fun that Lynn Shay somehow appears in every single movie. Like she That's just so funny. It's like maybe she has a contract with all of Hollywood that she has yeah. the option of being in any movie. Now that is one area where AI taking over could be cool. Where it's like even after her death, we could just keep putting <laughs> yes. Lin Shay in every movie. Yeah. I'd love that, honestly. <laughs> Always. Like, last shot of the movie, the camera zooms out, 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 out. The entire planet is Lin Shay's face. Right. Like, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? She's just giving a thumbs up. <laughs> I love when Arnie stabs that guy in the back with the pen. That was a solid oh, comedic moment. Yes. As a kid, that I thought that was the funniest fucking shit. And it still is. Like, rewatching it, I thought, like, oh, it's just... Probably one of those moments that's not as funny as I, I remembered it. No, it's hilarious. It's so funny. Him getting yep. stabbed and the way he reacts. It's just like hilarious. Now, I was talking earlier on in the episode about how even though this is made like in the, you know, 80s heyday of movies, it's right. still aged fairly well. Um, uh-huh. I, I might have made a slight misstep right there because okay. the characterization of, of Sub-Zero 
does have some latent racism in it. You know, like hmm. he, this entire persona, mm-hmm. like, oh, he's he turns his enemies into right. into bloody sushi sandwiches, right. and it's like very much playing the Oriental music and stuff. Like right. some of that is like okay, but then at the same time. They're like, he plays hockey. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Not I, the stereotype. What? <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely dealing in stereotypes. But I also wonder if Toru Tanaka, a professional wrestler, uh, brought Professor Toru Tanaka. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Professor Toru Tanaka. I wonder if he brought some of that himself. Because that's, you know, often how he'd be billed as, you know, the the villain, etc. Uh, he's a Blade Runner dude. He's Blade Running hard. In that's this. right. He is Blade Running. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. I do think. Yeah, I, I saw the same thing you're saying, and it's also like what I was saying before about its connections to professional wrestling and how professional wrestling used so many stereotypes throughout the '80s, and so many characters were just like racist as shit, honestly. And and yeah, I, I think you're right. There's definitely some subtle racism there, and then uh, you know it's. It's it's got <laughs> it, it's got that problem throughout. I think that like we do have a woman in here, but she really doesn't. She's mostly there to be helpless, right? Like, yeah. she's not got much of a character, and then she's there to be his love interest suddenly, and it's like, eh, yeah, okay. why? After she's yeah. like turned him in to be murdered several times, he's like, yeah, you're all right. That is one thing in this that kind of didn't really make a ton of sense. I mean, I guess by the end, she does learn the truth and stuff about him. But that that doesn't mean, like, you would be in love with this person, right? You're right. uh, But this is an interesting thing. Okay, I hadn't thought about this. But when I was watching that American Gladiators show, in the second episode, um, you know, they had, like, Ice and, uh, 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 I think, Sunny and... uh, gold or whatever there several of the the lady american gladiators talking and they pointed out something i never thought about Hmm. that american gladiators unlike all other sports uh the the women did the exact same thing as the men like there's no variation Hmm. in in any of it it's all the exact same yeah Uh, yeah it's not like there's like the the ladies joust or whatever yeah and I wonder, because like, as we, as I said, some of the inspiration for this is American Gladiator. I wonder if just Maria Cachito Alonso being in this and the way the stalkers just try to kill her the same way they try to kill the guys. I wonder if that was some of the inspiration of like, no, we'll put the women in it too. And we'll just have them do the exact same things. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Could be, man. It could be. I, I don't really buy them being in love and stuff at the end of the movie. No, Although I, I, I will say I do enjoy that again also very predictive uh there's a strong uh lit, like uh latinx uh representation in this movie like there's a lot of people speaking spanish there's mm-hmm. uh, a lot Los of Angeles, Latin- yeah yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that is that's a that's a that's a fair prediction in the 80s that the 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 population of spanish speakers would would continue to increase and, and it it did and uh, there's a, a vibrant uh, uh number of of uh, hispanic population throughout los angeles so that that is like a not only like they're they're seeing the the future of uh the demographic change but also like just just having it in the background without any comment 
You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and that's like just no happening. subtitles either. Right, like, she yeah. speaks Spanish a bunch of times in the movie, and right, there's no subtitles. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, that that's <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but it's there. They're they're definitely like, um, there's definitely some moments in it, throughout the script, which is written by Stephen D'Souza, who you know wrote Die Hard. Like he, nice. he, there's moments throughout the script that show a lot of like genius. You know, they show a lot of like like thought and whatnot and Mm. i i i I know he was asked to rewrite a lot he kept being asked to do rewrites and stuff and and we do end up on some stuff that i would say like you know uh, arnie's quips and whatnot i wonder how much of that was written and how much of that was on the day they were like all right we got to give arnie a good quip today like there's times where yeah there's times where it seems clear to me they weren't necessarily following the script but when when the script is being followed and it's clearly what Steven D'Souza was 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 aiming for in trying to adapt this already uh very interesting story I, I feel like I feel like the script is really good in in those moments and you know the the bits where it's not so great uh they're still sold by the action and the charm of Arnie so like I, I don't have gigantic problems with this, though I know it's not perfect, and a lot of my love for it may be nostalgia. Well, and your love for working out in lingerie. Like, that's the way I work out. I go, that's the way you do I get, it. I get my Victoria's Secret, I, I put it all on, put on my fishnets, and get to work. <laughs> like you do, of course, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> I will say, if I was planning a show where I'm going to have some people getting, like, you know, hunted down and murdered for entertainment. Uh-huh. I might not put them in an arena where they had easy access to the hidden corpses of past winners and the uplink communication <laughs> to blow the entire thing apart. I would maybe make sure the arena was removed from those things. No, listen, nah. they, they, they believe in fairness. They're just like, look, okay, <laughs> we, we got to give them a shot. It's an outside shot, but it's there. <laughs> now you had mentioned earlier that there is a different ending than how this originally <laughs> went down right yeah in the book the ending is far different oh um and that it, it includes uh, uh at the end um our main character having uh wrestled uh away the controls of an airplane uh then uh guiding that airplane into a building to kill Killian. I like that less, especially now. <laughs> I like do that you, less. Do you can you imagine if that had been in here? People oh my might, god. Oh my god. People would like all the all the conspiracy theories on 9/11 would have been running Oh man my theme. god. It oh. would have been a whole Jesse Ventura episode about it. I Absolutely. was in a movie <laughs> where we predicted 9/11. <laughs> when Holy I was the shit. governor of Minnesota. Minnesota. I was told 9/11 was going to happen on 9/13. <laughs> I found that basically everybody can do a pretty good Jesse Ventura impression if they put their mind nice. to it. Yeah, yeah, put, put a little effort into it. It's like stick that jaw out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just get in the mindset of Jesse Ventura yeah. and you'll find you can probably do it. You kind of have to uh, yeah, speak like you're talking through a mouthful of concrete or something and you get there. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You really got to 
you got to see your that like somehow there's something in your mouth preventing you from saying from telling the, word. the truth. <laughs> when I try to tell the truth, my mouth stops working. One of the final things in this that pleased me greatly was during the credits of the movie. Okay. In which it revealed that the the job of craft services was handled by none other than Joe Pancake. What? (laughs) (laughs) For one, talk about a guy that was just born into the job, right? Joe Pancake? What else are you going to do for a living other than fucking craft services? Joe Pancake? Come on, dude. I, you know, our, our guy Waffle over there on the Discord's going to get real upset to hear that Joe Pancake got the job over him. He took my job. <laughs> he took my job. Yeah. So, Joe Pancake. Yeah. That what? amused me not only obvi- on the obvious level, but also it reminded me of a time that I was teaching at a guitar shop where okay. the guy that ran the place wasn't a musician, didn't play anything, didn't know anything about it, and also like didn't ask any of us actual musicians like hey what should i buy for musicians uh-huh. so he would just buy the most random stupid Genius. bullshit that nobody yeah, right. needed mm-hmm. yeah i know right a true uh titan of industry for sure right and he bought a whole like rack full of these things that were called it was like whatever the the singer's assist or some shit like this and it was this thing that you clipped on a mic stand where imagine it it almost looks like a like a bisected macaroni tube. It's just okay. like a curved piece of plastic that was open. And mm-hmm. imagine like if you cup your hand around from your mouth to your ear, it allows you to hear your ear, yeah, uh, uh-huh. to hear your voice better in your ear, right? Uh-huh. Stupid as shit, nothing anyone would ever use, right? But I remember on the packaging for it, like emblazoned on the front in like huge text and with a photo of them and stuff, it was like, as used by Johnny Pancake. <laughs> just Ooh, like some what? some some guy and he was like singing with the vocal tube thing up to his ear and it was as used by johnny pancake <laughs> it's like johnny? whoa johnny pancake uses this thing i gotta have it wait okay now hold on <laughs> is okay so that sounds like i don't know if you remember the waffle house used to have uh, a bunch of waffle house songs on a hell jukebox. yeah that's right, yeah. man. God, goddamn uh, Sturgill Simpson made a new one a couple of years ago. Fuck yeah, that's rad. But um, Johnny Pancake sounds like like th- that would be on the Waffle House. <laughs> like Johnny Pancake sings uh, t- uh, Take This Syrup and Shove It. Sings the Hash Brown Blues. The Hash Brown Blues. <laughs> Take these browns and smother them is what he'd say. <laughs> My God, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid oh jeez. <laughs> okay that was one one last little joy as we went out on the door on that one man. that's fun <laughs> it's so good man dude i i really enjoyed this movie a yeah, lot me i mean it, it was kind of the same effect i had when we watched robocop where i was like uh-huh. not only is this just entertaining on a crazy shit happening stuff blowing up level Right. But it was also appealing to be like, God damn, talk about the yeah. writing on the wall. These guys fucking called it. Uh-huh. It was really awesome to watch it from multiple different levels. And I feel like this movie and, yeah, RoboCop and They Live all kind of hang out in the same hood and talk about the same sure. stuff, right? Yep, they do. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's accurate. So fucking good. You got any other observations or anything you want to make about this thing? 
Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready to rate it. And I'll tell you what, uh, I, I've, I have really wrestled with this because, as I said, a lot of nostalgia. So I've tried to to pare back the nostalgia to try to look at this objectively. And I think, as I said, I think when when Stephen D'Souza's script gets to shine, it shines. Uh, and then there's other times when they're obviously doing a little bit different thing. That's yeah. fine, though, because it's fun. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is fun. He's charming. He's not as good as he is in other movies around this time. Um it definitely has though so much going for it as you said in that same like they live robocop front that for me i think this is this is like an eight and a half like that's it is, exactly where i was gonna really put good. it yeah yep. really good like, not perfect i feel like it could reach 10 status if it had absolutely better fight scenes if it uh-huh. had an arnie that was a little bit more comfortable with having characters with a little bit more dimension to them right um, and there's just yeah a few other little tweaks. Again, some of the some of the presentation style, like you said earlier, is kind of TV movie ish. Like it doesn't feel like there's you know big budget Hollywood crane shots and crazy right. shit like that going on. Like it is just very like here's what's happening on screen. I'm not going to elaborate further. Right. Um, pretty pretty basic camera stuff going on. So it could be a ten, I think. But as it is, yeah, I think eight and a half is probably a pretty fair place to put this one. Uh, love it. I will definitely be watching it again. And I want to hear what you guys think about it over on yeah. our Facebook page, our Instagrams, everywhere you can find us on the social meds. You guys can use our Linktree page to find that, as well as the aforementioned Patreon page, which we talked yeah. about earlier, where you can get your movie drawn out of the smoke and bowl and help support your boys here on the show. And that is exactly what we're going to be doing next week on the That's show, right. is it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pay attention to the social media uh, on, on, on Friday afternoon, evening. I will post the uh, the Patreon drawing video so you know what we're covering. And Damn. I am excited because the bowl is full of awesome action movies. A lot of John Woo Fuck in there. Yeah. A lot of Ooh. people want us to go back to John Woo More well face already. off. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. The Woo's <laughs> from Wooville over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Walking around with their clouds of doves and bullets and so on. They're Hell flowing yeah. uh-huh. capes Getting and coats standoffs. everywhere they go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So be sure to stay tuned for what we're going to be talking about on the next episode of the show in which we conclude 2023's season of Action August. Action August. Yeah. So tune in then where I will be Uncle Ben. I'll be Hollywood Steve. We'll be dead and lovely. Catch you guys later. Bye. Oh, I pumped my neck, my back, my pussy, and my crack. Just all of it. Wow. So you everything. All right. Was it was it you were popping your pussy and that popped your neck and your back and your crack? It worked its way up from the downside. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. From the front <laughs> side to the back and then up the neck and just all of it. Yeah. I need to I really I think it's a good idea. Pussy popping chiropractic. <laughs> where <laughs> you teach people how to pop that pussy but also how to crack your own back <laughs> it's so weird that we're talking about this because i just had a conversation with uh my buddy mitch old flat earth mitch trueblood the, the other flat day earth mitch trueblood 
Yeah, I asked him how his day was going, and he said it was great. He was just like uh, doing cartwheels and farting all over the house. And I was like, oh, a fart wheel, it could be called, which is a great a name for wheel. it. You do a cartwheel and fart at the same time, uh-huh. which is one of the funniest things you can do, by the way. Absolutely. Because one, the cartwheel's unexpected, usually. Like, Yeah. And then Especially fart? from like an adult. What? Yeah. yeah. Makes it funnier. Yeah, it really and, does. And uh, I kind of, I, I remarked that like, that's kind of the male superpower equivalent to a pussy popping handstand. It's like the ladies got their <laughs> pussy popping handstands. The fellas got our fart wheels. The fart wheels. And that's just yeah. what we have. Yeah. These are the things that nature <laughs> equipped us with. <laughs> now I'm imagining both happening at the same time. And it's just incredible. <laughs> Among the funniest things you can think of a pussy popping handstand and a man fart wheeling um, across. Yeah. Of course, I mean, when you're telling your kids about the birds and the bees, you got to mention these two things. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Boys have a fart wheel. Girls have a pussy popping handstand. <laughs> this is the facts of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you remember when your dad told you about fart wheels? Oh, we all do. Son, so sit down here. So awkward. <laughs> I gotta tell you about how babies are made. It all starts with the fart wheel. (laughs) I had two friends that were sound engineers. One was Polish. The other one was Czech. 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 (laughs) You like that? Yeah, I do. I do. (laughs) He was three three times the Czech anyone else was. Yeah. I actually told that joke wrong. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, but it was, it was still really stupid. Yeah, so the punchline is supposed to be, I had a check one, two. Yeah, that, I had a Polish that? friend who was a sound engineer. Uh, I had a check, check one, two. one, two. Gotcha. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. I, I don't uh, hate it.